Hey, Jess. Hey. Hey, so, you know, we're doing the song No Reaction this week, right? Well, guess what? I got amazing news. Guess who's going to be on the show this week? Ethan Luck. He's coming on our show to talk about the Amiator and the song No Reaction. Isn't that amazing? What? Isn't that amazing? Oh, I get it. Is that the bit this week? We're talking about the song No Reaction, so you give me no reaction. I want a divorce. What? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. Big news this week. Jessica and I are getting... No, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> that was just a comedy bit. That was just... If this is your first episode of Sadie Hawkins Pod, we opened the show with little comedy bits, and that was a hilarious one. It was so comfortable to hear Jessica say those words. I am I know it was all just fiction, but oh, oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. No, I fiction. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to the show. Sorry, as I take a rather large <laughs> sip of my water. So we have a normal format on the show, but it's true. If you didn't look at the title of the episode, <laughs> you would already know this. But we really do have Ethan Luck on the show this week, and we had a very long conversation with him. So we're going to kind of skirt our normal opening of the show format. We normally just talk random stuff at the top of the show, and we go to voicemails. We Luckily, we don't have any voicemails right now. So uh, we will just kind of launch right into actually talking about the song, because I'm sure a lot of people have already skipped to the time code of whatever time <laughs> Ethan joins <laughs> If you'd like to do that now, it is 2540. There you go. Well, before you do that, just a reminder that this conversation we're going to have with Ethan was recorded at the beginning of December. Yeah. And uh, we had actually been talking to him, like, I think in November about him coming on the show. Oops, the air conditioner was on. (laughs) Professional. We are professional. That's the kind of professionalism that ropes in a guest like Ethan Luck. (laughs) So uh, we were talking to him in November before the Amiator was announced. And we were trying to catch him in between his other job. And it it kept not working out. And by the time we nailed down the date, we actually nailed down the date that we were going to talk to him. And then the Amiator was announced. And we're like... Oh, I guess we have to talk about that now. So not only are we going to talk to him about the No Reaction song and a couple of other things, there's some Supertones talk for any Supertones fans out there. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, and we're going to talk about the Amiator and some of the things you may be able to expect from it. So that's really exciting, and that's amazing, and the timing that it worked out for and everything. So Yeah, something we don't go into too much, but I just want to say I really love Ethan's new solo record, The Golden West. It's an instrumental album that is really beautiful and sort of a love letter to California and the West. It's a mix of like surf and old Western and like Latin music. Uh, It's streaming and on Bandcamp and you can also pre-order the vinyl off of SMLXL. That's right. And this is not a paid endorsement, nor did he ask us to. No, I just I just think it's really good. (laughs) No, it's not a quid pro quo or anything like that. (laughs) Jessica really does love 
that uh, solo album. It's yeah. it's like listening to like a soundtrack from an old western mixed with like some sixties like surf rock in there. It's 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 good stuff. Yeah. So uh, so we'll just launch right into it and we'll just start talking about no reaction, and then we'll get to what people really want to hear. So uh, just no reaction. Now I know that I know we did our little bit. But I'm actually looking, honestly, what's your reaction to this song? How do you feel about the song No Reaction? I enjoy this song. I've always enjoyed this song. It's never been a skip. Right. Well, it's only a minute long. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. But it's a fun minute. Yeah. And there's so much packed in here. And uh, it's funny because I don't know if any other fans did know about why the if the information about why all the members of the band have songs on the Nashville tennis section of bird and the B sides, if that information was out there before, I'm not sure, but I didn't know that the idea was we need a couple extra songs for Nashville tennis. So everyone go write a one minute joke song. And we learned this from John Schneck and then only, uh, only Schneck and Ethan's songs were actually one minute and actually like comedic because right. oops. And, uh, Warren turn in totally sincere songs over a minute. At least Warren's was actually a minute when he first turned it in, but it was still sincere. So it's um, it's funny that when I used to hear this song on the Nashville Tennis EP, and I have so many memories of us listening to Burn the B-Sides driving around New Jersey when we lived there, this song would come on and I'd be like, this is so much fun because it's like this punk thing and then it gets into the reggae part and I knew that Ethan was in the Supertones, and he had been in the Dingies, and I knew that reggae music and ska music were part of his like background. So it made so much sense and so fun that he would bring this completely new idea, if only for like 30 sec- 20 seconds out of the one-minute song to Reliant K. And there are other kind of like ska and reggae light moments in Reliant K's history, like the wannabe ska version of... Uh, of Five Iron Frenzy is Dead or Dying. And I guess some people kind of listen to the kind of upstroke tempo of Delighting is Silver and kind of perceive of that as maybe a little ska influence. But like, Tisa never really wrote <laughs> ska stuff. And like, the Five Iron Frenzy version is called the wannabe ska version. Like, they kind of admit, they, like, they're admitting there that this isn't really fully authentic. But Ethan's take on reggae is like totally authentic. Like, he totally gets what's you know how that's really done so it sounds so much the reggae on this song sounds so much better yeah than any of the sort of attempts at ska and reggae that might have existed in Reliant K's past up to this point and then yeah so the so the lyrics to this song I never understood totally at least I thought I did and it turned out I was totally wrong because I didn't know the background of I didn't understand that the background was, hey, it's a, it's like a class assignment. Everyone go write a song for right. the album, right? So definitively, and Ethan will explain this on this episode, as well as I actually have a video from YouTube where he says this, and I'd never seen this video before, that the song, the, the, the story of the song, the lyrics are literally interpreted as Ethan presenting this song to Reliant K., and saying, what do you guys think of the song? And the band doesn't like it, so they give him no reaction. I didn't understand that that, there was like a class assignment for the band. Like if maybe there had been like a little blurb inside the CD booklet, I would have understood that. Right, right. But there wasn't. So I kind of, all I could grab onto was I thought maybe it had to do with like kids at like Reliant K concerts or 
what actually specifically kind of came to mind was like Reliant K was on Warp Tour and things like that a lot at the time. So part of me was thinking like reactions from crowds that aren't like a Reliant K specific crowd and they're giving you no reaction or they aren't impressed. Like that that Michigan basement show we always find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like Ethan wasn't at that show, but thinking in terms of that, like you go to Warp Tour you're up playing on Warp Tour and you get no reaction from the crowd because they're just not impressed with you or they don't have an existing relationship with your music. For some reason, I always interpreted these lyrics as listen to the sound of the beat not stopping, listen to the sound of the reggae drop and no reaction, no reaction. I thought it was the crowd giving no reaction. And then when it says look at, uh, looking at the Mats and the Johns not talking, I thought that was like a little thing like, you know, on tour and the Mats and the Johns aren't talking to each other. Like, there's some sort of drama. I didn't perceive it as literal, like, there. this is a real thing. I thought it was a joke. I thought that this was a joke about life on tour on a festival like Warp Tour or similar, or that, <laughs> that McDonald's tour they went on, where maybe the crowd doesn't give you the reaction you want, and then behind, backstage the band is all acting like divas towards each other. Because there's so many stories in rock about like bands that won't even talk to each other. And then the only time they spend together is literally on stage. And they don't even want to look at or see each other after the show. So I thought it was a joke based on that. That's not what it is. It is actually literally, this is literal Ethan. Like we have literal t <laughs> This is literal Ethan talking about writing this song and getting no reaction. Although I guess it's technically not literal Ethan because it's like anxiety Ethan like what if I <laughs> it's what if I wrote this song and the band doesn't like it oh man I'm anxiety Ethan all the time <laughs> so that was my concept of the song really I mean I guess in a normal circumstance we'd try to talk for another 40 minutes about the song just make <laughs> some stuff up but we do have that is like all my real thoughts on the song it is amazing. There aren't really there aren't any covers of this song that already exist online. Uh, we put the the message out, and some people said that they tried to get them to us. And uh, we're recording this episode early, so if they get it back to us before the episode comes out, we'll insert them here. But if you didn't hear anything there, then the covers didn't arrive in time. <laughs> yeah! Wow! Everyone really had no reaction to this song. Yeah. Uh, we do have some some annotations over on Genius. Very helpful, Genius, this week. Okay. Over looking at the Mats and the Johns not talking. The Mats and Johns have a highlight. Okay. And it says, Genius annotation, one contributor. This indicated that Ethan Luck is the vocalist on this track. <laughs> See, now if I go... One if, up vote. If I don't understand the meaning of this song, if I misinterpret it as about a festival crowd not giving them a reaction. And then I misinterpret the lines looking at the Mats and the Johns not talking. I think it's about drama behind the stage. I would go to Genius expecting something to support or not support that theory. But instead they're like, well, if the Johns and the Mats are mentioned as third third person characters, this indicates that Ethan is singing. Right. Okay. <laughs> sure. You could have just scrolled down to the uh, the copyright information, but you know. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think it was a couple years into... I don't remember what I've said in past episodes, so if this contradicts something I've said in the past in the John Schneck episode or in the least lost, uh, last Lost Least episode, I apologize. But I think it was a couple of years before I realized, like, 
oh, these are every every member of the band has a separate singing song on here. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could tell that you'll always be my best friend, last lost least, be your man, and this song were not Tyson singing, but I did not really put together a hundred percent. This is all five members until one day when I really thought about the fact of who was in the band at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took me a while to actually really realize that. Um, so I guess that would be helpful to just be like, this indicates Ethan is singing. <laughs> and I don't know if Ethan had a lot of other singing before this. Like now he has his solo albums and he has, you know, uh, Let It Burn is his ska album. I don't know how much other singing he did. Aside well, the from, Golden like, West is an instrumental Well, there you go. Album. So he does sing on the Let It Burn album. Uh, and I don't know how many, he's been in so many bands, Demon Hunter and Dingies and Supertones, and he's guested or uh, helped out on so many other albums and so many other tours that I'm sure he sings background like in uh, so much stuff, but I just don't know if he sang lead on a lot of other stuff. So before this, before his solo album and before this song. So if you heard these vocals, you might kind of put two and two together and figure it out, but maybe... If you were smarter than me and looked at who wrote the songs and been like, well, whoever wrote the songs must be singing the songs. But then again, you know, I could tell, of course, it's Warren singing because I knew Ace Troubleshooter. Right. But then we didn't understand that. I guess I didn't know Ethan's talking voice either up to a point because we didn't really 100% know that it was Ethan giving the five great things about America in Be Your Man. Right. Sort of doing like a put on kind of a goofy voice. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Which he talks about the origins of that. And I'll save that for later. But one thing I do want to spoil from the interview later is that, and this this part was amazing, especially I never would have put this together because I didn't understand the story of this song that was intended. But when they when it gets to the reggae part, he'll tell us this, and I'm going to spoil it now. When it gets to the reggae part, he says, "Listen to the sound of the ba- the you know the beat not stopping," and then you hear no reaction, no reaction. I could tell that was Tyson, right? Well, it turns out every time, no reaction, no reaction. Every time that repeats in the reggae section, that's a different member of the band. That's so cool. And I did not comprehend that. And I think it's kind of, it, it seems like it might, I guess we didn't ask for specifics, but when I went back and listened to the song after that, I think it's all four other members of the band on each no reaction, but one is pushed up higher. And it just kind of comes back to that thing of how Hoops and t have very similar voice tones and somehow I just never sussed out that it was Warren and Schneck were in there as well. So that's amazing. And it's like basically playing along with the story in a very dramatic, like Broadway style. Like you get each John giving literally the lyrics, no reaction, punching home the idea that they're giving no reaction within the story of the song. And that was amazing to learn. Um, Anything else? Anything else? No, no, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. I'm so not used to doing a 14-minute episode. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not counting the opening bit, which is in a separate file. So 14 minutes, wow, well, I don't know. What else you want to talk about? What's going on? How's your New Year's going? Any New Year's resolutions? Oh, we obviously have our, the way we rate, the way we grade the songs. That's what will get us into the interview. But... Just in general, do you have any New Year's resolutions? How are you doing? You, you put me on the spot here. Okay, well, I can tell you my New Year's resolution. Oh, okay. It is to not confuse Columbia Records and Capitol Records in oh, 2022. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to last week's episode 
with Alex and I'm like, I keep saying Columbia. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. And I really realize it's because Columbia Pictures, especially because Spider-Man's the number one movie of, uh, of 2021. Uh, so this nails it home even more. <laughs> Columbia Pictures is owned by Sony. You're just predicting that. <laughs> I think it was. Or are you speaking? Big. Are you speaking here from 2022? Because it's 2022 it's the, now. It's the second biggest That's opening right. on a Friday ever. Okay. Like ever, ever. Oh, not okay. just COVID or post-COVID, which we're not in post-COVID, but ever, ever, ever. So it's got to be one of the biggest box office movies of 2021. Gotcha. Outdoing 2020's biggest box office draw, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> 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 so anyway... Columbia Pictures, right, is yes. owned by Sony. Jive Records is owned by Sony, I believe. Forget Not Slow Down was on Jive Records. Columbia, Sony, Capital, <laughs> Capital, Columbia. This is my New Year's resolution. Stop getting them mixed up. It's like AMC Theaters and AMC Network. Like, you think they're related, but they're not. They're not. They're just, it's they have the same name, and it gets confusing. So anyway... Did great you resolution. Think, great resolution. Did you think of a New Year's resolution while I was blabbing on? Nope. <laughs> Just to hope, keep on keeping on. I hope your New Year's resolution isn't the thing from the beginning of the show today. Oh, man, you just spoiled it. <laughs> Damn it. Well, anyway, I do have a couple of clips, so we can check these out really quick. Nice. There's one clip, and Ethan mentions this, and I didn't know it existed because I didn't have my chance to do my YouTube deep dive. But there is this performance. The only recorded performance of the song was at Winter Wonder Slam 2009, where uh, Tyson like couldn't make the show. And Ethan will talk more of the specifics of that. But everyone kind of had to like d- take turns, kind of being the lead singer that night. So Ethan came up and played No Reaction to help you know fill up the set. And this is the only recorded performance of it at Winter Wonder Slam 2009. That would be an okay idea for me to play the song we did that I wrote for the scene we did called The Birds of B-Side. Alright, well, it's a song about writing a song to please the guys in the band. Because Matt asked me to write a one-minute song, so I said, well, I can't say anything really that important in 60 seconds, so... This is the result. If you don't like it, it's, go, it's okay. Go in there. Please welcome Kate, our Stephanie Smith drummer, to help us out on this one. Oh, 
One minute of glory indeed. Good stuff. I'm so glad that that video exists. Yeah. I'm so glad one person recorded it because yeah. there are those couple of songs, a song like this that you think was never played live. And then it's I don't such know, a bummer that it's an 09 camera phone, right. but it's good stuff. Yeah. So come on, Reliant K, break out no reaction again. Yeah. It's only a minute long. You got him in the band back and he's up front. He's going to be up front. Yeah, on the, mm, there you go. Um, Yatsu. On the mm, Yatsu. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's for the twentieth anniversary right. of him. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that would be great. And then Schneck should get to play "Be Your Man" as well. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. So yeah, like I said, there were no covers, and we played the covers earlier if they exist, or we wouldn't play them if they didn't exist. <laughs> and uh, I thought about breaking out the ukulele and trying to record a little cover. I even looked at the chords. But it's we're recording this during the holiday season. I'm like, but that's work. And we're very, <laughs> <Wow>. very busy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm so sorry that there aren't more covers. But people out there, please start recording covers of No Reaction. Maybe Send we'll them do in. A we'll bonus, play them. Yeah. We'll do a bonus episode. So, uh, yeah. Danny, do you like this song more or less or the same? I like this song. Oh, I'll tell you in one second. I don't have another okay. video to play. But we can talk about these in the future. Just from typing in Reliant K Reaction, because sometimes I'll type in just one word out of the song title to see what comes up. Yeah. And I got a couple different things of like people doing reaction videos. Interesting. To Reliant K songs. But I don't mean like how, you know, fans will do their summaries of, oh, I just listened to this album again for the first time in years. Or Collapsible Lung just came out. Let me tell you what I'm thinking of it. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, this is like people who have maybe only vaguely heard of Reliant K who are reaction channels and they got requests to listen to a Reliant K song. Gotcha. So we will talk about those in the future. Okay. This, this week isn't the place for those. Interesting. So, uh, and then there's one stop motion video with like construction paper showing how the human brain works. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yeah, Very cool. That is called, the video is just called The the Brain and it's uploaded by Hey Hail A09 10 years ago. H-E-Y-H-A- I-L-A-09, 10 years ago. And I guess we'll just play it real quick. It's only a minute long. It's just a little stop motion. Yeah, they like stuck a brain onto their wall. And, and they're, they're like, showing here's the temporal, temporal lobe. lobe. They're showing all there, the parts yeah. of the human brain. Coloring them in, in different colors. This is cool. It's probably for a little school project. This is good stuff. Yeah. This is, this is my AP psych project. Fingers crossed for an A. Right on. And then they put one of those smiley faces with a D. So I'm like, well, I hope you didn't get a D because of that smiley face. Well, we'll never know. Do we know? We don't know. Did they get the A? Someone replied badass and someone wrote, this is Dylan DVP, by the way. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Oh, they replied. Oh, whatever. We'll have to find out. Hey, Hale, tell us, did you get that A (laughs) 10 years ago? (laughs) So you asked me, do I like, this is our grading of how we grade the songs, if you're listening for the first time. Do I like this song the same, more, or less than before we did this episode? And I definitely like it more. I mean, same. we got to talk to Ethan Luck. Yeah. And we learned, but also, you know, if I got to learn this stuff, aside from talking to Ethan Luck, if we had found information about these this song online somewhere, and I learned about the intricate background vocals and the actual story behind the song, I would still like this song more. Um, at very least, I would just have liked it the same because how could I like it more? 
Well, the right. trick is talk to the person who wrote the song and you'll like the song more. <laughs> so now we'll go to our break. And when we're back, we'll return with our permanent third seat host <laughs> of Sadie Hawkins pod, <laughs> Ethan Luck. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. We hope the season meets you with love and comfort. And ask that if you're enjoying Sadie Hawkins Pod, please show love and comfort to us by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. We also want to remind you to call your family if you can't be with them this season, and to call and interact with our show at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. After you write your letter to Santa, you can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. Once you and all the shoppers rush home with your treasures, curl up by the Yule Log and visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. We also want to wish a very Merry Christmas to our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. There's Kindle, Timothy, Daniel, Josh, JR, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. You can sign up to our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from K is for Karaoke and our read-through of the Complex Infrastructure book. Join the war on Christmas with Sadie Hawkins Pod. Oh, wait, what? That's how it works, right? Uh... Into the sound of the beat not stopping No reaction, no reaction Looking at the chart but nothing's topping No reaction, no reaction Listen to the sound of the reggae dropping No reaction, no reaction Looking at the math and the John's not talking No reaction, no reaction well, um, this was a long time coming, so thanks. Well, not a long time coming, but we were only been talking for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but we were How talking about your podcast has been going. It's been that long. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once we, because when we started this podcast, we originally like made this uh, this pact to ourselves that we wouldn't bug any members of the band for because right. we were like not ready. <laughs> like we had one podcast for just between the two of us at one point, like years ago, but there was yeah. not anything that we'd have people on the podcast for other than our friends. So we were like, okay, we're not going to bug people for interviews or calls or anything. And then after a yeah. year or two, we we're like, actually it was John Schneck. Cause he like, he approached us. He was like, when am I going to be on your podcast? And we're like, Oh, we were like <laughs> completely not ready. Yeah. <laughs> But that helped, that's like, it. throw us in the deep end <laughs> in a comfortable way. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to, you know, at a certain point, you got to figure it out and, you know, start interviewing people. And, you know, because, I mean, I know you're doing, like, you know, every song in the whole catalog. But right. every music-related podcast will eventually run out of content. So you got to find, know. you know, other ways to do <laughs> stuff. I do a Metallica podcast in, like, five right. years. I, I didn't think we could even go that long, so... As long as you brought that up, I I've listened to two episodes of your podcast. Like I first, yeah. I'm like so backed up with podcasts because ever since of COVID, like I used to always be caught up on all my podcasts, and now I've been like all these podcasts that I'm they're building up in my phone, and I'm like I can't not listen to them. I subscribe to them. I have to listen, so it's been impossible <laughs> to fit new podcasts like into my podcast diet. Yeah. But uh, I started. But this year, I like discovered. Really, I discovered thrash metal for the first time. So nice. one of the first things I thought about was I got to start listening to your podcast. So 
I well, there's to a lot of episodes there. there. It's gonna. Yeah. It might take you a while to get <laughs> fully caught up, man. I actually jumped right to when you guys watched the Big Four DVD and yeah. you did a separate episode on each band, and mm-hmm. I just, I went right to your Megadeth episode because like it, it, a bit controversial for some people I've talked to online, but like when I started because I listened to Metallica when I was a 90s kid, because they were on MTV. Like, I couldn't avoid sure. them, right? Like, I didn't own any CDs, but I listened to them, and I had tapes and stuff from the library and, and from friends and stuff. But, like, all the other thrash metal, all, all, all other metal bands, I was not, like, hugely interested in metal. I was mostly just interested in ska and pop punk, right? So, but this year, I really got into metal, and I just gravitated directly towards 80s thrash, and then I just glommed directly onto Megadeth. And I don't know what it is, but if it's some sort of, like... FOMO from my childhood like if I had been listening to metal when I was a kid in the late 80s and the 90s I feel like Mm -hmm. I would have listened to Megadeth so that's what I like grabbed onto and I went right to your episode from the Big Four DVD and uh what's your host your your co-host name (laughs) Clint yeah he hates Megadeth right he hates Megadeth (laughs) And then you guys like agreed on this one thing. You were like, uh, you were like, yeah, if you're into Megadeth, it only makes sense if you were into them when you were a teenager. Like nobody yeah, totally. in their, yeah, but he says nobody in their 40s gets into Megadeth except I'm 39 and I just got into Megadeth. You did it, man. You've, yeah. you've, you've proven him wrong. And he actually said in the episode, I don't want to hear from anybody if it's the, if you t- if you want to contradict me. I'm saying this is true, and if it's yeah. not your truth, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there's other episodes we do where we talk about. Um, we do this series called Explore the Big Four, where we where we just basically listen to one of the other Big Four albums. Mm-hmm. And when we've done Megadeth ones, he's usually not having a great time, so. <laughs> right. except for know. one record. He was pleasantly pleasantly surprised by, which was you know, which was cool. Which one was that? Do you remember? Um, uh, that was Cryptic Writings. Oh, okay. Cool. He liked that one. So yeah. I think we might do. We might, be, we might be doing another Magneth record next week. We haven't listened through a Big Four record in almost a year, so we're kind of bringing that one back. But okay. we're, we're going we're gonna to do their, their most controversial record next, which is Risk. Right. I was just telling I listened to it in that. probably 20 years. So. <laughs> I have not really listened to it. I kind of listened to a couple songs on it and I was like, okay, I'm still getting into the, the like the good albums. <laughs> Let me right, wait right, a little right. bit longer. <laughs> so, re- sorry, remind me your names real quick. Oh, yeah. This is Jessica. Hi. Jessica. And I'm Danny. Jessica and Danny. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I kept thinking Dennis because your last name is Leary. So right. <laughs> I saw the Zoom thing and I was like, I, I immediately just went, "Oh, Dennis Leary, that's cool." But right. Dan, that has Danny. that that doesn't come up as much as you think. Like I feel like someone only says that like maybe every four years somebody makes that connection. But I did intern for Dennis Leary's company Boy, at, cool. after college. It was just a coincidence. I don't know if they like took special notice <laughs> of my resume because my last name was Leary. Like they knew I wasn't related to him yeah like me and the and the office manager that i interviewed with like he you know we laughed about it we're like oh this is funny like you know and they had openings so they're like sure but then when i worked there i it never occurred to me like when a delivery would come by i need to give them my name or if i was Mm -hmm. like getting leaving a message or something i'd be like i realized i needed to come up with a different name because the first time i tried to say leary out loud i was super embarrassed Yeah, kind of not the best place to be. You know, right. Last name, I guess. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. So we were talking about doing this for a couple of weeks, and when I when you first replied to us, no idea that you were going to be coming back to Reliant K because I think maybe, yeah, couple, like well, maybe it was a month Weird, and a right? half ago or two months ago, you yeah. were on tour with. Um, I had 
her name here. Uh, you were, you've been on tour, right? You've been on tour with uh, Morgan Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I play for her full time, basically. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> cool. So, um, yeah. So I was trying to catch you in between time off on that tour. And then once we finally figured out when this was going to happen, like <laughs> all of a sudden Reliant K is back and you're in the band. And then it became mm-hmm. kind of this light conspiracy theory because it's not like there was a it's not like there was a press release about, hey, Reliant K is back. Here's no. the plans, blah, blah, blah. Everyone just pieced together what was happening from the tweets coming out from the ticketing companies and the venues and stuff. And then there's that yeah. one collage and you're in it. But your hat's over your face, right? right. And so I don't at even first... know who made that. I, I mean, I, those those photos were taken from Hoops's camera, so I have no idea like where they got posted. And I just saw it one day on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't." I think I the first one got there. posted to the New York venue, where that's where that okay. one was. Yeah, I don't remember like the collage names. thing. Yeah. Ah, so it probably got used for like promo or press right. or something, and then okay. yeah. I, I just saw it on Twitter when people started like opened one night on the bus on tour and it was just like all these at mentions. I was like, Oh geez. Right. What's what's happening? (laughs) So like, so hoops or who, you know, whoever must have just sent that out as the promo photo to all the different ticketing. Yeah. Probably websites and info aggravators. What's that word? I shouldn't have tried to say a word. I absolutely don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So now you're back in Reliant K and that was like the huge, Oh, so your face is covered in the picture. And there was actually like debate. People were like, the first day that that picture was out, people were like, is this Ethan? Is this Ethan? Like nobody was absolutely convinced. Although like That's obviously amazing. it was your tattoos that sold it. And that we have one the yeah. green light for me. If I, I mean, I, but again, I mean, I see myself every day, so right. it's a little different, you know, but yeah, after, after you and I messaged about that, I like, I found that collage photo and I was looking at it and I was like, I mean, it seems like me. <laughs> One person, I don't remember who, but one person really was asking if it was Barkley Townsend or something. And I'm like, I, I, I mean, but no. I had, <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of tattoos in, in a short amount of time. <laughs> so the main thing we want to talk to you about for sure is your song on, on Bird and the B-Sides. But I mean, as long as now this is the new, if we had done this like three weeks ago, we wouldn't be talking about you being back in Reliant K because I guess we wouldn't know. Yeah. Unless you like slipped it to us, which I don't <laughs> I know if you could have. I wasn't trying to put it off because of that, by, by the way, because right. I, I honestly didn't know when we were going to, when it was going to be announced or anything. I just, I knew that there were like, uh, uh, there was, you know, tour dates booked and all that stuff. And I mean, up until literally like a week ago, I didn't even know if I could do it. Okay. Um, just because of my schedule with my, the full-time gig I have with Morgan. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's working out to where I'm, it, it's like 99.9% I'll be able to do all the dates. Oh, great. I thought it was impossible. I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm like, I'm, I told the dudes initially, I'm like, hopefully I can do like half the tour and then maybe we can convince John Warren to do it or somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's looking like I'll be able to do everything. Gotcha. And then that's the, the other question was everyone wasn't everyone online. All the fans were like, are you playing guitar? Are you, but we now know you're playing bass for sure. Reliant K posted a picture of you holding a bass in that promo photo collage. You're holding like a mini bass. It's a ukulele bass. There you go. So that was, but that's that extra layer of ambiguity of like, is he playing yeah. the bass? <laughs> that it's not yeah, a proper I mean, bass. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what I can and can't talk about, but I guess I could just say it. I don't know. Um, there's nothing. I mean, everything's out there now, I guess, as far as like what's happening. But right. I mean, We've been getting together and practicing for months. Okay. Very discreetly, you know. I mean, discreetly as in we're not posting about anything, you know. Right. Um, John Schneck accidentally posted something like last 
April or something. Right. Yeah, that was a <laughs> yeah. that was heard around the world. And when that I, and I, dude, I remember like I remember like the, like that night or something. Like we were all texting, and it was like, hey, let's let's all agree, let's not post anything, just just, just in case, because we didn't know what was going to happen back then. We didn't know if we were going to do any shows or not. Gotcha. We were just getting together for fun, you know. I I got a text one night. I was sitting out back out back in my backyard by my fire pit, and uh, Tyson texted me and said, "Hey, uh, a few of us are getting together just to like go over some songs and have some fun. You want to bring your bass and come over and whatever." I was like, "Sure, why not?" You know. <laughs> and yeah, the first time we got together was just just four of us, and because da- Dave, you know, lives up in Cleveland, and uh, so yeah, it was just the four of us sitting around Hoops's uh, pedal pedal company office and just kind of quietly playing stuff and remembering songs and just having a good time. It was it was cool, but yeah. I guess I'm sure a lot of Reliant K fans don't realize that we, we've we've been practicing for a while. I definitely not, not crazy consistently because you know you know Hoops lives out of state now. Dave lives out of state, so it's a little harder to coordinate. But when we do, yeah, we yeah, it's a trip. We have like a rehearsal space in Nashville now and everything. Okay, we had reliable like whispers from different people who follow us online that yeah. that for sure Matt and Matt were like together working on stuff or something. Apparently you were probably there at the same time from whatever we heard, but it was all hush, hush, hush. And we don't want to be like a rumor podcast. And we also don't want to like say that and turn out nothing happened and be called liars. So we didn't mention it at the time. So yeah, as far as you being in the band and then Schneck posted that thing and that everyone started extrapolating all this info from that. But then, you know, you being in the band, I'm pretty sure it was a pretty big secret because we didn't hear anything about that. I mean, like you said, though, it sounds like it was kind of up in the air up until possibly yeah, the last I mean, minute. I mean, I never not, I, I didn't not want to do it at all. It's just a matter, you know, this this job I have with, with Morgan Wade, I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's the equivalent to anybody else's full-time job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just got off a two-month tour, you know, we were out with the Van Lucero and did a whole U.S. tour in, in clubs and I've got a show this Sunday, next Sunday, you know, so I'm, it's like, it's like my full-time deal. So, yeah, I mean we would get together and practice and, and run songs and stuff and we talk about touring and then nothing really was kind of in stone at all. And then, mm-hmm. uh, when, when I was on the road, I, I found out like, Oh wow. Okay. There's, there's three weeks being booked. Okay. And so, uh, I don't even remember when it was, I guess it was maybe a month ago or so. I just, I saw the dates and it was like, all right, you know, I'm not, I'm still not sure yet. Like I, it's going to be a minute before I can find out. Cause it's, there's still a lot of time before then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then I finally, you know, I talked with the the powers that be on my end, and uh, I was like, "Holy crap! I can I can do all all of these dates." That's great. <laughs> this, this awesome. is crazy. That's great. I didn't so, think it was going to yeah. be possible. We're going to be in Orlando and Boston, or we'll definitely be in Boston, and we'll probably nice. be in Orlando. Yeah. Where are you guys based out of? Uh, we're in L.A. right now. I'm originally from Boston. That's right. You mentioned yeah. that in an email that you you're on West Coast time. Yeah. And uh, Jessica's originally from Florida, so we basically are going to go <laughs> to our like, East Coast places. Yeah, visit our <laughs> yeah, parents in each state and then go to the concert. But awesome. like Boston's the most likely to happen because we see Jessica's parents a little bit more often. So if we have to cut one of them, it, it would be Florida. But yeah, yeah okay. we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I used to, because uh, I lived in, in the Boston area, I went to Soul Fest growing up. So I was, oh, yeah. I, re- I remember seeing you with the Supertones all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Played that yeah. a few times. Yeah. When uh, you were on uh, uh, Reese and Joe's podcast recently and you got, <laughs> <laughs> that was something else. <laughs> I know <laughs> that was a, that was a, like a two hour tangent. Right. I know. I loved it. Cause I, one little thing that I completely forgot 
that they joked about was the the Jar Jar Binks on stage during the Supertones for the I think it was a Chase the Sun tour or something. You you guys oh, talked that, about that for a second. Someone was wearing a Jar Jar Binks mask. That was right before I started touring with them again. Oh okay okay. I was in, I was in the band when I was like a teenager, and then because I was a teenager, I couldn't keep you know playing with them. And then they got signed and did all that the first couple records, and then I came back in towards the right at the very end of that kind of album cycle but right. the Jar Jar Binks thing was right before I came back okay but well I do remember I do remember it though okay <laughs> I had completely forgotten about it and it was like this deep-seated forgotten memory that just like came bubbling straight up to the surface when they started joking about that yeah I, I, I had completely forgotten about it. and then I coincidentally I I um went and checked that I have a copy of Chase the Sun that you signed but you signed okay. it over. I don't know, know the names of all the members of Supertones, but you signed I, it over I, the person you replaced. <laughs> that was Brian. Yeah. So okay. I coughing. I don't oh, know why fine. I'm coughing all of a sudden. I literally like I sneezed like three times right before I started the Zoom, and now all of a sudden I'm like a scratchy throat. No problem. It's not COVID. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to do it all the time. I would sign. I would sign whoever, whatever member I replaced. I would sign over their face. Right. I just thought it was funny. I used to do that to Dave Douglas's face. Oh, you did. That's oh, funny. Yeah. Sure. Why not? It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it, I, you know, it, it would usually make the person the person who was asking me to sign it. They would it would either like bum them out or they would laugh. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> Both I mean, were funny to me. So. Yeah, and you played <laughs> you know? plenty of those songs probably as well, right? Oh god, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, shoot, I mean, I, I mean, as far as the supertones goes, I mean, in my you can't see half of what's in my studio right now. It's all in front of me, but oh, okay. I mean, I, there's still so much gear I have that I used in that band that I oh, never okay. got ri- rid of that. I played those songs on that from that record through this amp over here and through that guitar over there, you know, oh, nice. stuff like that. <laughs> and I'll be playing that bass right there. The the white the lighter colored one. I'm, 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 it's, I'm here. I'm blocking it. It's, oh, it's, there it is. Okay, yeah. It's, it's it. like a <laughs> like a cream white P bass I've had forever. John Warren actually used to play that bass live sometimes because oh, cool. it was wow. it was before he got this bass that he really liked and he really liked mine and so he would play it and then when we did the Tonight Show when we did the Christmas episode uh-huh. he was like can I play your bass on, on TV I was like heck yeah man do it <laughs> so that that bass was on the Tonight Show so how did the um the idea of you I mean aside from it seems like necessity right like where was the idea of uh you picking up the bass for this iteration of Reliant K like I mean I guess John um, Schneck does he play bass or was that I mean just... really anybody can play bass in the band I mean, everyone is kind of a multi-instrumentalist you know okay. which is was always the great thing about the band um Dave included I mean Dave's a great guitar player great singer um uh it was just I think the four of them um were already kind of chatting and I think had maybe sat down once or twice early at least you know the Matts and John I guess I don't really know the specifics. All I know is that, you know, um, John Warren, you know, he's lived out in Denver for a long time and uh, he's got two kids now and a full-time job. And I, I don't know, you'd have to ask him, I guess, but I, I think, you know, the idea of, of doing it again, maybe, I don't know if it was overwhelming or what, um, it was just mm-hmm. tough for him to, to commit to. Right. You know, and, and even though I couldn't initially commit to it, I'm local here in Nashville. So it was easier for me just to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm off the road this week. Let's, get together and do this you know okay um and the whole time it was kind of like i'm not sure you know when the time comes to play shows i'm still not sure if i can do it but i'll get together and let's hang out and have a good time and and run over and relearn all these songs you know yeah um so yeah i think it was just kind of like all right well you know if john warren isn't around or whatever then maybe ethan will want to do it because i play multiple i mean drums aren't even my first instrument guitar is so right 
and they know I play, I can play bass too. So, um, yeah, they just out of nowhere, like I, like I said, I was just sitting in my backyard around a, having a fire and, uh, like I think it was literally like two days later I was walking up, you know, driving down the street and walking into that office and we'd hang out and just started going over tunes. It was fun. Um, well, I have questions specific to the bass from our our listener Daniel. You can okay. see my socks. He 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 tags you on stuff on Twitter once in a while. I don't know if you've noticed right. him before. So possibly. Yeah. So Daniel asked. Uh, this is I'll read his question verbatim because it kind of ties into what we're talking about. And we might have said some of this already, but we'll see. We've seen you play guitar and drums a lot. What's your approach to bass playing? Uh, are you learning these songs note for note or putting your own spin on them? And then he asks, pick or fingers, amp or DI, and any oh, pedals man. in the signal chain for the tour. Also, we are not technical at all when it comes to music, I, but he is our... I understand he, all that. So. Okay. <laughs> he's. We actually rely on him and ask him questions for technical stuff when we need to know okay. it. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's just take them one by one. So, okay. uh, the first <laughs> what's your one, approach? Um, I, I, I don't know. I play it like guitar. I play it hard, and I, you know, for the most part, I always play pretty aggressively, mm-hmm. uh, unless it's it's called for in like a ballad or something like that. You know, then I, I would maybe play softer. Maybe with I mean, and to answer another question, I mainly play with the pick. I've always liked the sound of that better on bass. But again, it it all it, it you know, it's all subjective. It all has to do also with um the style of music you're playing what, what maybe maybe within like you know a band like reliant k you've got a song like forget not slow down that needs to be a little more aggressive and i'll play with the pick or and then you you know then you switch over to a, maybe a more ballad type song and then it sounds better with playing with your fingers you know mm-hmm. but overall I'll play with the pick um approaching it i mean i don't know i just i just play it you know i just okay. i just play it i hit it hard i have fun and and um as far as learning the songs it's funny. I, I've talked to a few people about this. That cause I've, I've had a lot of friends that once like info started coming out, that I, all my friends are texting me like, "Dude, are you playing with the band again?" <laughs> What's funny is like being a guitar player and having played drums in Reliant K. It was really easy for me to learn all like these songs. You know, I mean, I think I don't know what it's going to get narrowed down to, but I mean, shoot, we rehearsed like twenty something songs. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I, it's just, it, it wasn't that hard for me. I mean, the only songs that it, it wasn't even really challenging, but it just took longer because I didn't, I didn't really listen to them much. Was the um, anything off Air for Free? Right. That was another question was, we had for you. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah that was the the record the one they've done um, since, since my last record. So um, so those I, I just had to get to know the songs better. You know, I didn't play on that record, so uh, I didn't really know them as well. Right. But anything prior to that, having played all those songs on drums, like that's all still pretty ingrained up here in the old hard drive, you know, okay. like when I sat down and made like a Spotify playlist of a bunch of songs and like I hit play on, you know, who I am, hates who I've been. Like I already know that song's an E. I just, I just know how it goes. I don't mm. know how to better explain it. I'm that just like, sense. Oh, I know it goes like this, you know? And there, so, but there's certain things I still have to kind of pause and like, listen, okay, what did, you know, what did John Warren record it there or, or some, or Pittman or whoever, you know? So for the most part, I'd say I'm probably doing it like 90% just like the records okay but there's certain stuff i'll you know and by, and by my own spin it's not like i'm doing anything crazy it's not like you know f- people are going to come to the show and be like what was that you know <laughs> it's more just like a note choice or something like in between two in between two main notes that you know on the record instead of going here i might go here real quick for like, okay. like a second you know just those are called passing notes but um but the band's kind of always been like that you know it's a lot of stuff has never been exactly like the record live you know mm. um 
the way that maybe Matt plays piano or guitar or hoops or you know. But all the all the core stuff is always you know recognizable, obviously. So, right. did I cover all those questions? Or yeah, there was, was one more, and it's amp or oh, di. Oh, and pedals. Oh, um, amp or di. I'll, I'll I'll probably do both. Okay, and what? Uh, and this question's from me. What's a di? <laughs> <laughs> a di. Uh, that, a di means direct direct input. Oh, okay. So um, I don't think I have one. I have one down on my pedal board down there, but anyways. So basically, a di is like. Um, so you obviously, you know what amplifier is. Right. Um, a DI isn't an amplified signal, signal so to speak, um, like like the traditional way you're thinking of playing through a bass or a guitar amp. Uh, you would plug into a, D, a direct input a DI, and on the other an- other end of that is an XLR cable, like one of these going to my microphone, and that goes basically to the monitors to front of house and all that stuff, and so they have that signal of the bass. Okay. Um, uh, there are there are, there are a lot of people that just do DI only, and you'll put a couple pedals in front of it. There's a thing called a sans amp, which a lot of bass players use, um, which is like a. It's also a DI, and, and uh, you know, is the same way of a normal DI box, but there's like EQ and gain and all that stuff on it to kind of shape the tone. <clears throat> but yeah, I'll probably be doing both. Um, uh, you know, as a guitar player, like I mean, <clears throat> I can't really grab it right now, but I've, I mean, I've got like eight or nine pedals on a pedal board down here. If I'm playing bass, I'll, I'll probably just have like one, maybe two pedals and a tuner, and that's about it. Like a compressor, maybe something to overdrive the bass a little bit for maybe, I don't know what song, maybe Devastation Reform. I'm trying to think okay. of a heavy one or something. But um, but yeah, so it, it'll, it, I mean, I'm mean, i going to have as simple setup as possible. I'm, I'm a very simple player, so. Okay. Does that make all sense to you, Jess? Yeah. Okay. Because out of the three of us talking <laughs> right sorry, now, there's only two bass. Well, there's two bass players among the three of us right now. Because at the oh, at you the play be- bass, Jessica? Yes. She started learning. Um, yeah, oh, I've started learning. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. At the beginning of quarantine, I bought her a bass because you know we're stuck in the house, and she'd been talking yeah. about wanting to learn forever. And so I was like, "Well, we're here." <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of bass did you get? Um, I got a Squire jazz bass. Awesome. Yeah. You know, a lot of that newer Squire stuff is really good. Um, Squire is a guitar player. For years, Squire was always kind of like, oh, it's like the cheaper version of Fender, and even though it's owned by Fender. And, and a lot of times they were really cheap. Like, you play them, you're like, eh, these aren't, you know, whatever. But um, in the last few years, like, they've really stepped up, like, their production game. I don't know what they're doing exactly, but, like, that one was sitting on my couch right there, that Jazzmaster, that's a Squire. Nice. And I did an instrumental record I put out last uh, October. Like two months ago, like a, a surf rock instrumental yeah. kind of Western thing. I did all the guitars on that Squire. Hey, oh, there's cool. my cat. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jessica wants, loves that she album. Wants to, she wants oh, to be on the show. Oh, we have a dog, but she's asleep on the couch right now. <laughs> and we're surrounded by wires. We can't go get her. They could hiss at each That's other, good. bark and hiss well, at each other. Well, well, Jessica, I'm stoked you started learning bass. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Female exciting. bass players are, are always just rad in general, you know? <laughs> Think about any like band that has a female bass player, like Smashing Pumpkins or Hole or whatever, you know, um, L7. There's so many cool bands that, you know, uh, Luscious Jackson, the, the Pixies. It's always the most like badass person on stage is like the female bass player. <laughs> you already started with Smashing Pumpkins and that's one of her favorite bands. Yep. So. There you go. <laughs> so we got to ask you, because this is the episode we're having you on for, is about no reaction. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a couple things we need to hit on, like, okay. you know, your specific uh, thoughts and how you constructed the song. But we also need you to kind of like, not fact check, but c- c- kind of corroborate 
the side of it that we got from the whole assignment okay. of the Bird and the B-Sides assignment that the whole band got because John Schneck and Warren's stories were kind of lined up, but they were sort of like two separate gospels. They were like, weren't completely <laughs> lined up. When we had John Schneck on. Yeah, what'd he say? We, yeah, he said how um, the assignment that he remembers is that it was everyone go write a one minute funny song. Or a one That's minute what I remember joke. Too, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> now Warren got the note, go write a one minute song, but he somehow missed the word funny. So like, cause and you know, apparently hit- the word one, I, uh, if I remember right, <clears throat> and I could be wrong, it's been a while. I mean, shoot, we recorded that in like 2008, but if I remember right, he, I think his song was very short, but I think Matt liked it so much. He, yeah. he said, Hey man, just write a full song. Cause that song is awesome. Right. But his is, song that's is one of my favorites on that record. It is a great song. Yeah. His his uh song is also like it's completely sincere. It's just like a straight it's just a completely sincere song. So he missed the point that everyone was supposed to kind of write like a fun or joke song. Right, so he right. went and he just wrote a one minute like song. And then he actually gave us the demo to listen to, the one minute demo. And John Warren did? Yeah, Warren Warren sent that to us. Okay, so, so my memory was right. That, that yes. He did originally yeah. write a short song. Yeah. Cool. And then they fleshed it out into a full song. And Schneck didn't understand why Hoops and Warren came back with sincere songs <laughs> that were full length when every well, the assignment was one minute fun one minute funny yeah. song. And only you and he, Schneck, actually followed that assignment. Now he I guess Schneck didn't yeah. know that Warren technically delivered a one-minute song but missed that it was supposed to be funny. So it's this kind of like yeah. odd thing where everyone got pieces of the assignment but everyone turned into different projects. Does this make sense? That all sense? sounds correct to me, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I thought John, John's was hilarious. We, we, we actually <laughs> recorded most of that at my old house. Okay. We, like, he, he was like, let me come over and record this demo. And so we did that. And I think when we when we were in in Mark's studio recording the whole Bird and the B sides thing, I remember we played it for him like, okay, here's Schneck's song. Like we, our thought was like we're gonna we're gonna re-record this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even think we redid drums. I, I'd have to ba- go back and listen to it again. I haven't listened to that in a while, but okay, I, I feel like because I just programmed the drums, I didn't even actually play them with my actual hands, you know? Oh, okay, because it was just a demo and we did it real quick, and I I did the lap steel on it, and then um. I mean, some stuff might have been re-recorded. I'd have to consult Schneck on that one. Um, okay, I don't recall but, if we got that info or not. Yeah, yeah um, I, I want to say most of it w- was just what I recorded at home, and then we added a couple things to it, and then of course I did, <laughs> I did the silly, you know, country right. voice yeah. at, the, at the end of it. You know, <laughs> his memory also that he explained to us for the, you, you coming in with the like five great things about America bit, and it's only was, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His memory of that was like it, it. The song wasn't set up for. He didn't write the song intending for no. like a little talky part. He actually had kind of like always wanted to do uh, a, like a picking uh, country thing like that is underneath your mm-hmm. talking. So it was his intention just to have that, but that when everyone in the band kind of heard it. They were like, "This last thirty seconds of your song, just kind—it's of, fun, but it just kind of 
it needs something more overshadowed his yeah (laughs) well it was it was me and him it was him doing like the chicken picking thing and then i was doing these little these little lap steel licks on a slide and then yeah when i did the (laughs) that stupid stupid voice over the end is that it did that kind of overshadow it because i think in the mix it like it fades out in the background and right mostly, mostly me doing that you know Five great things about America. Only four of them, and two of right. them are the same. Right. <laughs> I was hoping people would get that joke. Right. I definitely always like got a, it. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> referencing anything. It was just kind of funny. It's like here's five things, and it's like one, two, three, three. Okay, it's four, but two of them he repeats. <laughs> right. Uh, what, what our first Fourth of July as a podcast, I tweeted those like lyrics as a list awesome sort of like flesh them out as an actual list <laughs> and it, it, if people didn't get it before they should have got it by then because right. seeing it visually as a list like you can't miss it i um, think i did that in like one take too that was my next it. question which yeah. schneck, schneck did say you did it in one take it would, in having done it all in one take do you remember if you were prepared with an idea or did it kind of uh, flow was it first thought best <laughs> thought <laughs> well I, so the, the initial part before I before I say you know go into the whole speech <laughs> I haven't talked about this in forever so it's funny. <laughs> um, you can kind of hear me saying like y'all in a band man that, right. that whole thing that that actually came from the supertones that was okay. a joke that Dan our trombone player used to always say we we'd be like sound checking God I'm making myself laugh so much right now. <laughs> I wish Dan was here to to do this. Um, but Dan would do that kind of stuff. He would like walk on the bus or be sound checking and he'd just go on the mic and look at one of us and be like, y'all in a band, man? Y'all pretty good. Y'all jam. You know, y'all are awesome. He would do that kind of accent. He's from Texas, so it was better than that. But So I knew I was going to do that and then I just kind of, I had an idea like it'd be funny to like list five great things about America but not list five. Right. And then I think I remember like thinking like it'd be funny if I listed the guys in the band and then I was about to say Dave and then said my own name. Mm-hmm. That was kind of all I really thought about and then I just went in there and just improved it and did it in one take. Yeah. That moment where you almost say Dave and then you cut off and you say your name. First of all, it's funny because like I don't think anyone was absolutely certain. I don't think the fandom and certainly not ourselves were 100% sure that was you. Because yeah. it's, you're not, it's not like a credit or anything like that. That's right, you. Yeah. So you'd have to absolutely know you're sort of like talking sort of fake Texan voice <laughs> to absolutely yeah. know that that's you. And uh, I always, I talk about this on the podcast all the time. And now that I'm saying this to you, it should put this story to bed for the podcast that when you joined the band, I had been following your Lion case since the first album. Right. Like not when Steven was in the band, but from when Dave was in the band and only the first album was out. So then like, I was, you know, all the little changes to John's joining and stuff. But then by the time you joined the band, I kind of, Reliant K kind of took a back seat from being like one of my top favorite bands in life to being Because a I joined band. the band. That's what well, it was. <laughs> but right before you joined. It was the accent. The yeah. Accent. Man, this isn't the, the old Reliant K that I know. <laughs> There's too many classic members have left. I can't take this anymore. But one of the first concerts we actually, Reliant K concerts we went to together was in Orlando on that, in 2007, if if that makes sense, if that's the year you joined, or eight, I guess, that I'm was, not sure. 08 is when I officially joined. But okay, 07, so, I was actually on the road with them, though, teching. Okay. Because I was like in between, like the Supertones had broken up, I had moved to, to Nashville. Me and Dan from the Supertones were trying to build a studio, a recording studio in Nashville, and then 
I was already friends with the dudes in Reliant K because they used to open for the Supertones on two different tours. Mm-hmm. So I'd already known them for, you know, since 2000 or something. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it was, yeah, I guess it was 06, 07 a little bit. I, yeah, I just, the studio thing was really slow and I needed to make money. And they okay. were like, hey, we need somebody to come out and do guitars. And then the next tour I did just drums and bass or something. So Right. Well, there was a tour Dave where left you guys. And then here I was. Yeah, there was a tour that you guys had a fake uh, fire, like a fake uh, campfire yep. on the stage, and you sang Weezer around it. Yep. That I tour. Lapsteel on that tour. That was that was what? I was the, uh, so I teched on that tour, and then for I think two songs I would play lap steel on that tour. Oh, okay. But was Dave? So, so wait, was Dave in the band then? Yeah, what Dave was still in the band, and oh, I would okay. com- I would come on stage and play on lap steel. I would I, I would do the. Weezer song with them on lap steel and then I would okay. I would uh, we did um, I think faking my own suicide okay so you're correcting my memory <laughs> this totally hey, man, corrects just, first that's, no that's all right there. that's all right this is good uh, that's so that like I said the story will be it will go to bed for the podcast or now because in my mind you were drumming in the band for the first time on that tour but that must not be the case I must have seen you very soon and recognized that. you from being in the supertones and yeah. Then, a lot of people did on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Every every night I'm like tuning guitars and set up stuff. They're like, Ethan, Supertones. <laughs> so um, I, so when you joined, but my point was when you joined the band, like I kind of, it kind of went over my head. And yeah. if it wasn't for you doing that thing on the album, like I probably would completely have forgotten that you were in the band until we did this podcast. Because <laughs> we right. definitely saw you live a number of times. Yeah. Like during the forget not slow down day, days, but like you know, by like I said, by then, like I'm in my 20s and I'm not like as just absolutely obsessed with all my favorite bands anymore. I've right, got totally. I've got a fiance and then a wife, and really, it's your fault, Jessica. Sorry. <laughs> Are you? Sorry, this is a very ignorant question. Are you guys friends, or is this your fiance? Oh, uh, we're married. We're married. You're married. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm saying time, back then, sorry, around the time, yeah, time you would have joined yeah. the band, we had gotten engaged. Copy yeah, that. okay. We actually the part of the reason we do this podcast is because when we met as friends in college, Relying K was one of the first things we bonded over. Okay, cool. And then uh, you know, we, we went to see a couple concerts when we were dating and then we got engaged and by the time we were married, we saw them we, we saw you guys at RevGen. We were living in New Jersey. We've had, oh, we yeah. have a whole podcast where we just explain <laughs> how we've lived all over the country because like it constantly comes up like, Oh yeah, we were at this festival. And then the next year we were across the country at this place. Yeah. Like, we were constantly living with family cause we had no money until we finally moved to LA and I actually got my career going. So, yeah. and then a whole episode just explaining New Jersey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Well, I'm glad you completely uh, destroyed my memory of the first time I thought you, I saw right. you trying. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, mean, I was definitely there and I was definitely on stage. Yeah. You know? So that's, I just, I, just drums. I reconfigured the, the memory thinking that was your, uh, you know, oh, well, it yeah. makes sense. It completely makes sense why I, it, it was not much longer that it was Dave's last show. Like, I think it was, it was New Year's Eve of, of 2007 was his last show. And then I, okay. I officially joined, I think in his February of March of next, or the following year. Okay. So it wasn't that much longer. Yeah. Oh, I even when the Supertones got back together, I was confused. I was like, oh, Ethan's not in the Supertones reunion? I'm like, wait, <laughs> he's in Reliant K, because it was like not a yeah. thing that was nailed into my brain at that point. That was a big reason why I didn't do it, because I was touring full-time with Reliant K. Right. You know? They asked me like five times to do the Supertones thing, but I, oh, they I, did. Just, I, I couldn't, yeah. yeah. Dan and I, Dan, Dan and I didn't, uh, didn't do it. Right. But... 
I took so Jessica had been she like I always loved the supertones. I was not raised like uh, I always thought I was. This is a whole nother just personal thing I'm talking about. <laughs> sure. I always thought I was raised evangelical, but then like because of the internet and Facebook groups and other podcasts, I'm like, oh, I was yeah. not evangelical at all. Like when everyone talks about sort of the deep stuff, like like trauma and stuff that have happened and like confusing things i'm like i was like i guess because it's like boston and boston's really like a catholic city so whatever version of evangelical existed in the 90s it, right. i found out from like all my friends now who have grew up in like other places in america like i was not that specific things but i love the supertones i never fully got cool. all their like lyrics and stuff but right. um it was very it, I, mean, it was, I mean it was very theology driven lyrically right. you know matt the singer was i mean he he, he was and he went to theology school and he runs right. the church now. So he's like one of the smartest people regarding the Bible that I know. Yeah. I'm not smart, but he, <laughs> he just, he's, he's an insanely smart dude. I mean, I could, I couldn't even, we were roommates at one point when I first moved here to Nashville, like the first time I lived here like 20 years ago and the amount of books that would be in his room, it was just insane. I'm yeah. like, I've read like eight, <laughs> you know? but yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. Really smart dude. I have a whole other question that I could ask you about living with him because <laughs> first I'm going to just tell you like, so, so the Supertones reunion happens. We see you with Reliant K on that same, at that same RevGen festival, like two years in a row and the Supertones reunion. I had introduced Jessica to the Supertones. She's like me. She like the lyrics, like the sort of deep theology of the lyrics go over her head. She enjoys right. the Supertones in the festival setting. We see them at a couple other festivals throughout the years. And then we went to their the final final show in okay. Orange County a couple like what was it four years ago or something, and she I realized she had never been to a real Supertones headlining show she'd only seen them in festivals so okay. when the worship set happened and the message and stuff in the middle like I was like oh yeah I remember all these it was like nostalgic for me to remember what is how a Supertones sure. show was structured I hadn't seen it in forever but Jessica was not raised in that kind of christian environment at all so she's like what is happening <laughs> i mean uh, that was the case for a lot of people coming to see the supertones because i mean <clears throat> you know supertones got popular enough where you know there was a bit of crossover as they call it you know like kind of switchfoot was on mtv and all that stuff and so people would come to shows and just thinking like i'm going to see a band they're going to play a show and then all of a sudden right. there'd be like this praise and worship thing and then like a message and right I, personally i never really cared for that mm -hmm. in the band I always thought it was just a downer. <laughs> I'm not saying that is, is, is like a exactly. I'm not see Jessica knows. I'm not saying that is is, is a way to like make fun of any, anything you know like uh, you know people that like maybe worship music or whatever. But my thought was always like, well, our lyrics are. I think they get the point across. You know, right. pretty good. You know, like do we need to have like a basically a a mini church service in the middle of a big loud show? I don't know. It, to me, it was always just kind of like it, it just it brought the, the it was kind of like a, a mood killer a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. when I felt like the, every bit of every song kind of conveyed what would be talked about in that those five or ten minutes anyways. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Um, that's just my that was just my preference. You know, I kind of took it in stride in as an as a 2000s teen and like <laughs> I grew up enjoying. Christian, but like not that Christian. So <laughs> right, I was like, right. oh, wow, this is like, oh, goodness. It's and like, by I was degrees, only familiar with like yeah. the insiders and Switchfoot and Reliant yeah. K. Right. And that was it for like maybe five iron frenzy or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, the other question I have to ask you, a personal question. 
like completely not relying. Okay, we'll get back to you. Right. no reaction in a second, and maybe it'll tie in because there is like the ska reggae sort of thing in no reaction. But um, okay. when you lived with Matt in Nashville, and like yeah. I always heard about that because I love Hi-Fi Revival, and I don't know if that's okay. controversial. Although Get one song, some, yeah, yeah. I mean, "Welcome Home" is like now the biggest song on streaming, allegedly, right? Like, for it, super. Yeah, I've no, I, I've, every once in a while, I'll dip into like bands I've been in to see what streaming numbers are, just for fun. I don't, really, right. you know, not that big a deal. And I noticed that I was like, "How is Strike Back or Unite not the, the, like have the most streams?" But it's "Welcome Home" of all right. Uh, I, I don't I, know how that happened. I don't but know why. <laughs> I lo- I just loved that album because it seemed like such a growth for any kind of for almost for any ska band because like sometimes like I, I grew up i love ska music and like hearing any ska band kind of like mix other stuff in like go outside mm-hmm. especially because like i like would see local bands and and i was friends with bands and stuff and everyone was kind of like we are a ska band and we do this but like any other band like right. You know, like RX Bandits, like expanding what ska can be, or like Big D and the Kids Table with their stroll stuff, like expanding what ska could be. And it's like a, it's it's smaller compared to those. But to me, True. Hi-Fi Revival with all those different genre mashups kind of happening in there, and it being the Supertones, I was like, I can't believe the Supertones are kind of expanding in what felt to me like a really uh, successful way musically yeah. what a ska band can accomplish musically and then I was like how did this happen and then, so that's kind of around the time I learned who you were and like you were in these other bands and you were like you know uh, in the dingies and stuff and mm-hmm. that you had written like all of those songs with Matt and I'm like it must yeah. be because of Ethan Luck yeah. It, I had nothing. To, well, I mean, I was on the record before that, you know, Loud and Clear, but I didn't write any Loud and Clear stuff because I, I came back in the band after they had written most everything. Mm-hmm. But for Hi Fire Revival, I mean, before that, I moved to, yeah, I moved to Nashville. I moved in with Mojo. Uh, for those that don't know the Supertones, his name is Matt Morjinski, but we called him Mojo. Right. Uh, we, I want to say, so that house is here in Nashville. It was on the street called Kirkwood. He doesn't live there anymore, obviously, but. Uh, I want to say that him and I probably wrote upwards of about 50 songs in that basement. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> that's all we would do is write. I, I don't know if, so we did this, we also did this side project record called the grand incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like probably one of tooth and nails worst selling records ever. <laughs> but, um, but it was basically a bunch of leftover songs from high fire revival that weren't going to make it on the Supertones record. Mm-hmm. And then we wrote a couple extras just for fun for that. And it was just me and Mojo in the studio. Like I played all the drums and guitar. He played all the bass and did all the vocals and uh yeah so anyways yeah all i have to say is when we lived together and we only we only lived in the same house for maybe i want to say maybe 10 11 months mm-hmm. before, before i moved out to another house and so and then we still wrote stuff i would come back over and stuff like that but yeah i mean we in 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 a matter of a little less than two years we wrote 50 songs in that house which is crazy to think about right <laughs> i still have the little <laughs> wow. i still have the little hard disk recorder that we recorded all of them on it still works but <laughs> That's, that's great. So does that mean, so was I correct in thinking that like all those n- different genre influences on that album, were, was that you bringing those to Mojo or uh, was he no, interested in those as well? It, it or was, was that just of, the magic of the two of you working together in that space? Uh, kind of a both, I guess. It was, so like, how do I explain it? Like he he wanted to try something new. That was the initial thing on that record. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, 
I, I brought all these little guitar licks to the table and then that's what influenced it to not really be a sky record. Uh-huh. Um, he was just like, I just want to try something new that's still as, as fun and upbeat as ska music, but not just do the typical thing we've done for the last four records. Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, let's make the production sound different and stuff. And it, and it had nothing, you know, we didn't even consider the fact that ska music was dying. You know what I mean? Right. Like, a lot all those other bands like you know i think five iron was about to break up around that time and all this stuff and we didn't really you know we were still doing pretty good you know as far as selling tickets and and, and still being able to you know pay our bills and stuff like that but yeah we just wanted to try something new we're like hey let's just screw it let's just try something new let's let's and it was the first time we did a record in nashville well in franklin technically down about 30 minutes south of here but yeah, so I mean, Mojo would just be like, "Hey, here's the idea I have," and he would just play like that "Welcome Home" song, for instance. Like he mm-hmm. would just literally play the chords for me, and he's like, "I think there should be some kind of cool intro guitar thing." So I was just doing a lot of stuff that is kind of found in either kind of classic rock and roll or like maybe even soul music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, to the point where at one point Mojo wanted to call the record, I think, Fourth Wave Soul." <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, um, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it was just a fun record. I mean, it's definitely like probably the, I don't know if it's the worst selling one. I have no idea, but right. it's definitely like the, the, the odd man out record. But um, there's some cool stuff on there, I think, still. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a few songs that if I had to, you know, if, I, if we were going to put out a new version, I'd be like, eh, maybe we can leave that one off, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like 15 songs on that record or something like that. Yeah, so. it's also, it's a longer record for. <laughs> yeah. The band. I mean, I remember like also being a ska nerd in the mid two thousands, and I didn't even understand that ska was actually like uh, commercially dead at that point because I was too blind to it. Right, and I yeah. still had my local bands that I loved and stuff. And I lived in Boston, and Big D was actually blowing up then. So in my bubble, I thought, yeah. "Oh, ska's as big as ever." I didn't understand ska was shrinking, and I just remember like a lot of like like Jump Up Records and stuff. Like Soul was kind of like where a lot of marketing for like some underground ska stuff kind of pushed to. Right. And then I just remember thinking like, well, the Supertones kind of did that already. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what's funny is that, you know, the, the record, I mean, I know there's probably some fans that were like, Oh, this is so weird. Cause compared to the loud and clear record and then, and then going into our last one called revenge, which was kind of back to heavy and ska and whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird uh, piece of meat between two pieces of ska bread, right. you know. And um, but but live those songs really went off well, you know. Okay. The songs like "Welcome Home" or "Superfly" or what um, I'm trying to remember else was on that record. Um, what was it? But, Birth know, of the Uncool. Birth Birth of Uncool. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I love that song. It was crazy though. Yeah, like and then "Welcome Home" like became a staple. Like we played it every show after that, you know. Okay. And at one point there was like a a chain of water parks like on the east coast that like licensed the song for their commercials oh. and stuff like we we're like at that point we knew like you know the popularity <laughs> of bands going down all that stuff but we're like wow this is crazy that somebody wants to like license our song and stuff like that so i still don't know why it's the most streamed song i have no idea maybe it got used in something else that i don't know of but yeah Maybe it's that water park. Just <laughs> maybe they're still thriving, man. Maybe they're yeah. huge now. Like, all I, uh, listen, all I know is that I'm. I, I for some reason I still get about hundred and fifty dollars a year from Super oh. World. Yes. <laughs> so somebody's doing something and uh, streaming or whatever. Maybe downloading a song here and there, which is I'm always surprised. It's like every April and October I get the envelope from Capitol Records. And I'm like, oh, let's see, and it's like eighty four dollars. All right, you know. <laughs> 
pretty cool. So, um, well, then talking about genre mashups, we can tie this back to No Reaction. We got the Be Your Man info. So, like, No Reaction and it being kind of like a – this has the reggae in it. It has the, like, the punk – uh, mm-hmm. beat and everything and it it's a genre mashup as well for especially for Reliant K uh, and then that whole assignment of uh, you know you go write a song everyone's gonna go write a song like what do you remember of of putting together that idea for no reaction um, I wrote it in a day <laughs> it was really quick I mean it's a minute so I was like I remember sitting down this is at the house I used to live in I had a little music room there and I was like alright so this is the assignment and I was like I don't, I mean, what do I, in a minute, what do I say, you know? And then, so I thought it'd be funny to write a song about writing a song to please them. That like, was the question know, I had, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, it'd be funny if the song was about this whole idea of writing a song that's funny and making them laugh or whatever. So that's, yeah, that's why, the, you know, the whole, you know, tagline is kind of like, you know, looking at the Matts and the Johns not talking and, uh, okay. the, I mean, listen, that song a long time, like, look at the look charts, at nothing's topping. Right. And, like it's, I'm basically like, it's like, you know, it's self-deprecating. It's like, oh, this song sucks, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to, hopefully you guys like it, you know. I remember, that was, th- yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, I was always, uh, when the album came out, I was not, I couldn't like get a beat on like the subject of the pronouns in the song. I'm like, who is not talking? Like I knew you, you say, look at the Matts and the John's not talking, but like, I think you can misinterpret it that as uh, like, they're not talking to each other. Like, I think some people have assumed that that lyric is like the Matt and the Johns are fighting or something like. No, it's more uh, like yeah. uh, it's more like uh, th- they just listen to the song I <laughs> su- submitted and and they're not saying anything like it's oh, it's, it's that bad that they're just not talking. <laughs> hey, some, hey, someone's talking. Someone's yeah. getting a reaction. Hey, come here. Come say hi to Ethan Luck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you go grab her? <laughs> <laughs> so um okay so that makes more sense it was once it was actually not until we started this podcast and schneck explained the whole point of all of the uh everyone else's songs that then like in the last two years i would listen to that song and i'm like oh i think i actually get what it's about now that it's about you giving the song to them but i just couldn't yeah. forever not knowing what the point of the assignment was like understand right. if it was just like an overall thing for the experience of being in reliant k and nobody is enjoying it enough like i kind of didn't but it makes complete sense now it like it makes way more sense yeah well and and the, the little not little but the i guess the easter egg so to speak is that anytime that in that reggae part when you hear the words no reaction it's it's each different member saying that that they have oh. no react they have no reaction to my song oh wow you know? i did not um, realize that yeah because i hear i hear teeson in there but i never uh I guess I never put big over the ear headphones on to realize that. Yeah, yeah, it's everybody, and then the la- and then the la- as it as it goes out, it's you know gang vocals and stuff. That's that was great. another one that, that was uh, that was recorded at my at my home studio, and then all we did at Mark's studio was re- I I redid the drums, and then we just redid the vocals. Okay. And um, I wonder if I have the demo version of that somewhere on a hard drive. That'd be fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, want, I'm sure if- I do. I mean, John Warren gave us his demo. Like, you can't be outdone by John Warren on that front. Challenge accepted, man. Yeah, but his song's way better than that. <laughs> the last um, last release yeah. was one, that was so fun to play live. Uh, oh, did you did you play that live? We did a, a few times. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, it was th- that same year. We were just like 
I don't know. It, it might have happened in the middle of a tour. Like, we well, should be playing that song. Like, give Teeson okay. a break on vocals, and then, and then, yeah, Warren would sing his song. Okay, we didn't find proof of that, but you know, like the only proof we can, we never don't remember hearing it live. Yeah, and then like Setlist FM is very fallible. Yeah. you know, going back a certain amount, and if you find it on YouTube, then you're like, okay, well, obviously it was played, but like. When a song doesn't come up on set list or YouTube, it's like, mm-hmm. well, it could have been played, but there's no, we can't figure out that I it was. So it's great to hear that it was. Okay, that's I can great. We definitely played it live because I was I, that, I was always looking forward to playing that. Uh, however many times we did every night, because it was just fun and like I felt like I, I wrote some cool drum fills for it and whatnot. And um, plus, mm-hmm. it's just fun to hear John Warren sing. I was like, before I was friends with him, like I loved Ace Troubleshooter, you right. know, as a fan being on Tooth and Nail. We were, you know, we were label mates at one point, so. Right. Um, yeah, I always loved his voice, and I, I every time I, I've seen John, I'm like the only person in the band um, since 2013 that has seen him, other than last, other than the pandemic year, of course. <coughs> Excuse me. I've seen him every year since since like the three of us weren't in the band anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just because I, I I I of of everybody, I'm the one that has I've kept touring this whole time. You know. Um, right. You know, like he hasn't played a show in probably five years. Mm-hmm. But I've I literally have not stopped touring, so mm-hmm. I was either out with playing for somebody else or teching or whatever. But every year I've gone through Denver once or twice, and I always go hang out with John Warren. So okay, that's great. We're still real tight. That's cool. We heard you got. We heard you and the Johns have a text thread. That's a text. Not thread. What's the word? A stream. Group. It's a, group, th- it's a thread. Group, group text. Yeah. 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 Called like the the hireables or what was it called? <laughs> Uh, it's called the it's called the union. The union. It's 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 literally it's literally in one of my top ones right there. Oh, nice. Uh, wait, this is backwards. Other way, you can't really tell. It's all right. Whatever, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's yeah. We literally we text almost. I mean, I was texting John Schneck like an hour ago. We we we've been like we've been like that forever. That's great. Um, and then so, uh, but yeah, it, it was uh back to John Warren's song because you know. I guess we're to talk about that. Right. <laughs> uh, I just, I, no, I, I was saying earlier, I just loved hearing him sing that every, you know, live and stuff like that. It was so yeah. much fun. And, um, I, we might've played that more than I played no reaction live. So, so no reaction got live played live too. Well, you know what? We haven't done our usual. There is a vi- there's a video on YouTube of it. Okay, oh, great. great. Okay. Um, it, it was from when we did the, um, the Toby Mac winter wonder slam tour. Okay. And, uh, there was like a family emergency and Matt, Matt Thiessen had to fly home. And so we flew out Tim Skipper from House of Heroes to cover. It was like the last four or five shows of a run or something like that. And so it was it was crazy. It was literally like, and I think something had happened with Hoops too, where he had to leave the tour briefly. It was just insane. It was just like so. It was just me and Warren and Schneck. Like, oh my god, what are we what are we gonna do? Like, we don't want to we don't want to not play shows. And so. Last minute, we flew Tim Skipper from House of Heroes out, so he he learned a bunch of stuff on the flight out there. But we st- we had to play one show before he flew out, and so we we were also on on tour. Um, Stephanie Smith was on tour with us, who's now married oh. to Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, she loved the band, so she offered to come out and sing whatever she did. She did some of the Christmas songs with us. Oh, but that's then great. I don't know whose I don't know whose idea it was, but it, it was either Warner Schneck was like, "Hey, what if you played No Reaction?" and Stephanie's drummer went and played drums so I came out and played guitar and uh I played guitar on a few things like I did some of the Christmas songs I did on acoustic and her drummer Stephen would play drums but yeah it was such a weird thing but so that was the only time 
it was like four or five times uh, in a row that I played okay. No Reaction Live, and that was it. Never played. I it wish again. more of that stuff was on YouTube. It's so upsetting when <coughs> it's you find out it's for not. sure. Oh, some of okay, good. Uh, we have. I don't know if every everyone is, but um, there's definitely like footage of me of me of it's like. I remember it was something it was how like Ethan's one minute song or something like that. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's yeah, I there. never know. I, every week for each song, I do a YouTube like deep dive as much as I can, but like you never know. Yeah. Sometimes I find things way later because just a random search term for a different song pulls yeah. up a song we already did. And it's, yeah, it's titled like something that has nothing to do with the song that we mm-hmm. did weeks ago. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's there. I mean, I haven't looked at it in years, but um, okay. I might it might under my YouTube account. It might be under like my favorites or something. I don't know. It might have I might have or bookmarked it or something. Okay, I know I can find your YouTube channel because we did find that uh, footage of you guys on your YouTube channel going to the Harry Potter world. Oh, yeah, man. Years ago. <laughs> well, back then, like man, like it was funny when when social media. This this sounds so weird to say now, but. When I, when I, like the years I was in the band was like the early years of social media minus, you know, there was MySpace and like Facebook, but as far as like on a mobile device, you know, smartphones Mm -hmm. were pretty new. The iPhone came out in 07. Um, I mean, I originally created the band's Instagram account and at the time, like nobody was really, I mean, people were using Instagram, but no like bands and stuff were. And then I remember seeing an article somewhere online, um, that said like why bands need to get on Instagram. And it was like laid out this whole thing about like why it's just going to be this really cool opportunity and it's going to grow and blow up. And so I just signed up Reliant K for it. (laughs) (laughs) So like the first couple, the first probably four years of the Reliant K Instagram was mostly me posting on it. Oh, cool. And the band wasn't really that, you know, that active on social media. Like I remember I got, when I joined the band, I got like the login info for Twitter and they hadn't tweeted in like seven months or something. And so I was like, dudes, like I'll start heading this stuff up. I love doing this stuff. So that's great. uh, Um, I don't know how I got on that subject, yeah. but um, but yeah. It's, oh, about it's, YouTube footage. Yeah, your YouTube channel. That's what we were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so uh, to tie that in, basically, I, I was so into in you know I do photography and stuff, so I was just really into content, and and I was like, well, I I, I already do that. I you know I've got like a video camera, or I've got a little pocket camera back then, and so anytime we do something kind of cool, I would just like film it and like edit together a little video, or anytime we were in the st- all, like all those stu- any any year I was in the band, there was always like a studio update, mm. <clears throat> you know, like, um, uh, there's one of, you know, from us doing the cover record. Like I just, I would just film stuff every day and like, <clears throat> I would have, if I was tracking drums, I would like set up my camera and have John Warren film for me. And, okay. and then the, and the only time I didn't do much was during forget not slow down. Cause we had our friend Kale that was filming the whole time we were recording, which ended up right. being the documentary. Right. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was That's always fun doing, doing that kind of stuff. That's amazing information, uh, Reliant K lore, to learn that you created the Instagram and you ran the Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing info. So then, as forget not slow down. We want to ask because uh, about the drums on that record, okay? Because they're such distinct drums, and maybe it's in the documentary, but like we've only actually, to be honest, we've only watched. No, Jessica's watched the documentary, so I don't know if you remember this or not, but I've only watched it in pieces. Yeah. Um, like what was the process for creating the drums on that? Because like with bird and the B sides, it's like, you know, just, it sounds like normal drums, but forget not slow down. It's the, there's like a signature sound to the drums. And, and I haven't mentioned this on any of the songs you've done forget not slow down recently, but sometimes I feel like there's a melody in the drums of some of the, like some of the drums are just as much like 
It's a good observation. Yeah, it's like sometimes the drums are like, how do I just? That's the problem of not being I can a musician. Tell you, I can when tell we you the this. answer right okay. now. I can tell you it's a real simple answer. Yeah. And I've uh, I've mentioned this a few times when when people have reached out to me online about that record. <clears throat> a lot of the a lot of the melodic parts, as you say, uh, mm-hmm. of the drums. I basically I took the 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 trick that Sting does a lot in old police songs when he plays bass. A lot of his vocal lines, the bass line follows. Okay. So what I would do is, uh, especially on the kick drum, I, instead of just doing like a do get do do get you know whatever, I would follow the cadence of Tyson's vocal. Gotcha. Um, so if you listen like the chorus of the song "Forgetting Not Slow Down," I could I could have just been like boom get right, but instead I follow his vocal and then forget and not so down like you know I'm a lot of the songs I just follow his vocal on the kick drum. Okay. And that's kind of what I think. That's what you're, you're maybe you're hearing. Yeah, I, know, I think but, so. Yeah. Um, and it's it's either a matter of, of following the kick drum, or or if there's a specific guitar part or something that needs an a- accenting, then I'll I'll do that. You know, um, like I know on uh, what's it, Savannah. I mean, that one's the entire drum part was based off of Tyson's guitar part he wrote. The mm-hmm. And I spent half a day in Mark's studio just doing percussion and just overdubbing going on trash can lids, trash cans, yeah. <laughs> blocks, all this stuff, you know. Um, and that probably, that may not have happened, but that day, I mean, I went in there just to probably take photos and film some stuff while Matt was doing vocals and he got sick and so he didn't come in and so Mark's like, well, you want to do some percussion on stuff? I'm like, sure. And then, so I had the idea, like, let me just add a bunch of stuff to th- this song. And yeah. so it was just me and Mark, the two of us in the studio. John Warren might've been there. Cause he usually, w- he would always stay at my, he would actually stay right above this room anytime he was in town. And so it might've just been the three of us in there, but I, I would just, I don't know, four hours or so just like banging on all, all sorts of crap, just making noise to, to create that whole percussive thing of uh-huh. Savannah. That's cool. Yeah, Mark Lee Townsend has a YouTube channel where he like opened up the Pro Tools archives. I saw that, yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> thank goodness he released that before we did that song, Savannah, because we, yeah. you know, we're like, oh, there's something happening, but we would have had no idea. Like <laughs> that's not something we can yeah. suss out on our own. Yeah, there yeah. was some cool, the cool info in there, and uh, yeah, I remember watching that video, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I would love for him to do this on all those songs. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the little classic albums documentaries. Totally, yeah, yeah, no, I love those. those are great. And yeah. And that, I don't know what it is about that record, man. Um, that, for some reason, I mean, Reliant K fans really love that record, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely my most proud moment as a member of the band. I, I'm very happy and proud, and I think that record still holds, holds up, you know, whatever it's been 11, 12 years later. Um, but uh, it's something about it. I don't know. It, yeah. People still, to this day, I, I get messages on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, just random emails or people... I'll be at a show in Nashville and someone will recognize me or something and be like, dude, I love that record. I love the drums and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, thanks, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I was recording very simple drums, but people are like, no, man, like what you do in that record, just there's something about it. But I think right. it all came down to me following Tyson's vocal. Um, That or just trying something maybe a little out, you know, out of left field, like, um, like the bridge on uh, Sahara. Mm-hmm. Where you know the song's in like normal time, and then it goes to like not just half time, but like I think it's considered cut time, where it's like basically twice as slow, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That whole bridge part that Aaron Gillespie's on and Tim Skipper, it goes to the. It's basically like really slow, what I we call like a sludge beat. Okay. Um, I just did it for fun. I'm like, I'm gonna try something really 
not people may not expect i guess because mm-hmm. it would have been easy just to kind of play the same beat over that um and then that ended up becoming like this really powerful moment not only on the record but live too like mm-hmm. I, i'm a hard-hitting drummer but that bridge of sahara i would hit the drums as hard as i could like it, it was just <laughs> one of those moments where like the that the feel of that part of the song and, and there's like this there's almost like this passion to it that anytime we got into that because there's like a break right before it and hoops does this really high guitar thing and then i just i mean i would put my arms up as high as possible and just come down <laughs> go my crash cymbals and just try to break them every night but cool. um i don't know it's I, i'm thankful man I'm, I'm stoked people still like that record it's yeah. really cool but um, i yeah. i guess on the on the other before that now that i'm thinking about it one other thing we learned from Schneck <laughs> from Bird and the B-Sides okay. is how that album was kind of like something that just had to happen initially. Like that even coming together was something to, that had to kind of be put together quickly in terms to meet a contract um, at the I time. Think it, I think it had to get done quick because we were doing Warp Tour that summer and we wanted okay. to be able to promote it, you know, and on the tour. Right. Um, so I, I'm just thinking about like all the time and creativity and the drums of Forget Not Slow Down, and I'm wondering how that compares to like Burden the B sides, National Tennis EP, and like that maybe really having quick, to do yeah. that kind of quick. Yeah. I mean, we had a we had a little practice spot at Hoops's old house years ago, and I remember we like literally. I think before I even played my first show, we might have um, been already in his little practice space, like working out those songs. Mm-hmm. And they had already, you know, Tyson had already written a bunch of that stuff before I even joined the band. And so I just kind of came in and, and was just, you know, laying drum t- tracks down to it. But, um, yeah, I think we were, I think we were already kind of working out pre pre-production for a, a lot of that stuff before I even played my first show. And then, and then we did like a warm up warm up show as my first show here in Nashville. But, okay. um, yeah, it, it did, it, we did record it pretty quick, um, and I still, I, I still think it's funny that it's called an EP. Right. <laughs> it's a full length record. I mean, it is. You know, I mean, yeah. It's a double album. You have all the B sides from you know the Five Iron songs and all that stuff and and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, all the new songs. It was like whatever it was, 15, 14, 15 songs. Yeah, it's over half an hour. It's over ten it's songs, an and that's like an the... EP's like twenty eight minutes, I think. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, this can't be an EP. And we have a theory now that we ran by Schneck. So if you want to, conf- if you want to give your opinion or or plead the fifth whatever but mm-hmm. our opinion is that the band uh, meaning more Tyson and Hoops you're in the you were in the band but Tyson and Hoops were like not comfortable with Reliant K putting out their album number 6 at that point but they have a full length t- National Tennessee P is a full length album but they're like no the next album's number 6 so let's pretend this is an EP. Let's just tell everybody this is an EP, and I that guess. removes no, everyone calling it album number six because people love if, to, you know, canonize. I don't have an answer albums. for that, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it was. I mean, my opinion. Uh, this is not fact. This is my opinion. Would be, I think maybe they thought it was funny to call it an EP. Okay. It was very, it was very reliant K of them to be like, hey, this is. I mean, it's a full length, but let's just call it an EP. It'd be hilarious. Okay. You know, I mean, and that's just my opinion. I don't know. I, I, I your theory, I've, I've never heard before, and I don't know if it's true or not. I, All I, right. I can't, <laughs> I can't confirm it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I, unfortunately, I apologize. Not debunked, but, but not confirmed is what I'm <laughs> but hearing. It is, it is also a little bit across the board too. It's not like a, a, a normal Reliant K record where you have those, you know, me and Schneck's one minute songs. 
you know, you got Hoops doing a song, got Warren doing a song. Um, mm. There's a, there's some just oddball stuff on there, you know. So, right. in comparison to like forgetting lots of down, it's you know drastically different. But um, right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, call it EP, whatever. I mean, I have the vinyl down there. It's a double LP. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We yeah. This, it, we talked to Brad Moist from uh, from yeah. from Go from Goaty Records, and he yeah. said like, yeah, like we released it as a record because it's a record <laughs> the National Tennis section it's like no one kind of thinks of it as a record so we put it out on the this is, this is me not verbatim quoting him we put it out on a record to kind of like honor that it's a full length yeah. worth of songs that nobody ever really thinks of i mean i consider it a, 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 a full length i mean yeah i think it's, it's funny i mean it's it's funny that it's called the national Tennessee p and stuff like that and the artwork that our friend davy did is awesome and but it, i mean it just makes it just makes me laugh I, it's not really a big deal i don't care at the end of the day it's just kind of like you know if ever I'm like organizing my record collection or something and I pull that out, I'm always like, this is not an EP. <laughs> <laughs> I like, Oh, I'm like, there's so many songs on this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, that was, that was a fun, you know, first, first project to work on with them. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. Since everyone in the band can kind of like mix it up and play all the different instruments, are there any plans to like for some forget not slow down songs, you jump on the drums or anything like that? I don't honestly it was I me and Dave kinda talked about it and, and and I think we both agreed like, I mean, you just play drums, I'll just play bass. Okay. And I what's funny is I actually really like I mean playing bass is super fun. But what what what's been a really good time is when we've practiced me playing bass and watching Dave play my drum parts, you know, and and he's like, and it's not weird or anything. It's it's, it's just fun because I did the same thing with his drum parts. It's like I kind of made them my own a little bit, you know, like you know, with with forget not slow down songs, um, you know, he's he's doing all the main accent things you might need to do or whatever, um, but there's certain things he does different than me, but it still comes across kind of similar. And we'll, we'll finish the song. I was like, dude. I love what you did right there on that part. He's like, did I do it wrong? I was like, well, technically yes, but you're doing it the way you should, you should do it. And I think that sounds awesome. So it's been fun. It's the same, it's the same thing when I was, you know, playing drums in the band and I was playing stuff off mm-hmm or five score, you know, if Dave was ever at a show, it's like, Oh, he's, he plays that different than I do, but it still comes across cool, you know? So, um, I don't know. I'm just excited that this is, and I, and I think, I mean, maybe it hasn't, registered with people or dawn on people yet that it's that's the first time dave will and dave and i will be performing in the band together yeah yeah which is pretty crazy that is cool and i sent um, you i i sent you that video again where you guys like talk okay. for a second and that was the relying k <laughs> web series the first one not the one that you were yeah. in the band for right. but the original one yeah and we live streamed that we had never watched that that web series it's like real low res because it's from the early days of the internet yeah. it was actually like you had to download it on your phone at the time and well luckily someone like saved these mov files or whatever they are and uh yeah we watched it and we as soon as that moment happened we freaked out on the stream we're like oh my gosh yeah man i remember you sent that to me and i, I was like well I, I remember there was a film crew on that whole tour doing stuff and the result of that was terrible. This, this it, was a, it was a tour called C Spot Rock, and, right. and there was like a tour DVD. Have you ever seen it? That is our next stream. We don't know when we're doing it, but we bought the you DVD. Have it? Yeah, we have. We haven't watched it. We want to oh. watch it live on stream for the first time. But it's not great. <laughs> it's just. It's just. I mean, there's to me having been on that tour. There, there's funny moments, 
<clears throat> I just feel like it was executed kind of poorly. I don't know. It's just right. It's just weird. Okay. You'll see what I'm talking about. You can report back <laughs> and tell me what you think after. Okay. <laughs> Um, I have, so I have a couple more questions from our, sure. from our listener, Daniel. These are some, I mean, you can do these rapid fire or not. Uh, who's taller, you or Matt Thiessen? Uh, I think we're real close. Okay. I, I, um, it depends on how long or big his hair is. Um, <laughs> but I think we're, I think we're pretty much, we're about the same. Okay. I might seem bigger just cause I'm like a broader person, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't, we, we've probably measured at some point. I don't know. Yeah, he's also got all that hair, which the hair throws was, it off yeah, too. that'll 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 <laughs> yeah. make or break it for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, we're probably pretty. We're probably about the same. Okay. Uh, Daniel also asks if on this tour, the band said that you could pick a Metallica song to cover. Ooh. What would you pick? Um. Well, I probably pick something that I feel like the dudes would like to play too. Mm. So I wouldn't pick like. Dyer's Eve or something that's super gnarly or Damage Incorporated or something. <laughs> um, I'd probably just do some off the Black album just because it's you know to, it's it's a more simplified metal record. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to hear Reliant K do like Sabbath True, okay, or or maybe a song called My Friend of Misery because it starts with the bass. Okay, so that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and and then Daniel asked this, not us. <laughs> okay. What? What, is there any songs on Collapsible Lung that you're proud of? <laughs> That's how he phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> that means he doesn't like the record. Um, I mean, that one, that, that one, you know, that, that's a weird record. You know, that, that was a big surprise to a lot of Ron K fans. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of almost like a pop record in a way. Um, we go over I, it every couple months. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a couple of tunes off that that I, I, I still really like, you know. Um, Don't Blink, I think it's cool. Disaster. Um I I still like uh, Lost Boy. Okay. And um, we just did that I'm one. Thinking yeah. of awesome. Um, even though it, I it was a total you know outcast of the record, I thought it it was just such a weird song. But I, it's one of my favorites. Is the last track, Sweeter. Right. Yeah. Uh, that Matt and Caleb wrote together. I always thought that was great. Um, um, I'm, I, mean, I haven't thought about that record. In <laughs> There's a couple of tracks that when we do them on the show, I think we have like f- maybe two left to do. Yeah, or four. I don't. I can't remember actually. But uh, a couple of songs that when we covered them on, and we go out, look on YouTube. Yeah. There's a few that were being played in like 2011 and 2012. Yeah, we did Boomerang live. Yeah, Boomerang and I, was I super actually. Fun. Boomerang's probably the one that I most discovered just from doing the podcast that I didn't like listen to, and now I'm like, this yeah. is a, I like actually really like Boomerang. So I'm looking at the record right now, I, and I think at the time, like, I was like, because it was so different from Forget Out and Slow Down. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, man, I, st- I hate that we made that record. Blah blah blah. And there's like two good songs on it. But looking at it now, I'm like, okay, Don't Blink's cool. Boomerang on the record maybe isn't as cool as it was live. Live, mm-hmm. it was super fun to play. I think Lost Boy's cool. If I Can Take You Home, I really like that song. Um, Disaster, I like. Sweeter. And then, oh, sorry, I forgot. Sweeter wasn't the last track. The song, the no, title right. track, Collapsible yeah. Lung, is, that's, I think that's a great song. We did that one live, too. Yeah. We did a few of them, but. And maybe we'll do them on this tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were still playing Don't Blink and Collapsible Lung throughout the uh, 2016 tour. Yeah, awesome. And I can't remember if there's a lot, maybe one or two other random songs showed up at different nights. But like, yeah, I think when we saw them 
with Switchfoot on the 2016 tour, both mm-hmm. don't blink and collapse along. We're in the set that's cool. list. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think we're just going to play the whole record front to back and that's it. <laughs> no encore, nothing. I did put out because everyone's upset. You know, the fandom in general was upset that a Forget Not Slow Down 20, uh, 10th anniversary tour didn't get to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, that had happened for, for mm-hmm. And Hoops right. actually said, like, in a reply to, if it was Hoops, because it seems like it's always Hoops on the official Twitter, right? Is that the case? Uh, That's what uh, everyone uh, says. Reliant K? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's mostly him, yeah. Yeah, I think so. so. he replied to one person that said, like, yeah, we're, like, hoping to, before COVID, like, he was like, yeah, right. we're, we're thinking about it or something like that. Something coy, but, like, pretty affirmative. And then COVID hit. And it didn't happen. So right. a year later, I put out a thing. It's like, I know everyone's upset that there was no forget not slow down 10. But how about this? And then I put out my artwork for collapsible lung 10. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people on uh, Reddit got mad. They, like our Twitter, our Twitter followers understood my sense of humor. But when I posted to Reddit, like there was actual ire at right. the idea that I would even spend my time photoshopping my logo for collapsible lung 10. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, Hoops is right. There, there was talk about doing it. Yeah. Even with, even with me, you know. Okay. Yeah, there was talk about doing it, yeah. but it just, it just didn't work out, unfortunately, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Schneck, so, you know, sometimes with yeah. what's that? I was gonna say Schneck confirmed that as well. He, yeah. When he was on the show, he said he talked to Tyson, and they talked about forgetting not slow down ten, and then. Yeah, we had it. A, we had a we had a group text going at one point, just kind of briefly talking about it, and. You know, it's 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 tough when you're you know a band for a long time, and then and then you you know at that point they hadn't played in probably three years i think mm-hmm. um so it's tough to just like pick it back up just for one specific reason you know um i'm just speaking for myself as far as like having been in bands over the years and my experience and stuff right so it is and, and you know at that point if, if you're off the, off the road or not touring in your main band for a couple of years you're kind of in this different season of life so it is kind of weird to like all of a sudden revisit something you know especially when you're gonna do a tour where you're gonna play every single song from that record you know Mm-hmm. It's just kind of weird to 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 get yourself back in that headspace, I guess, um, and then all just depending on what you're doing at that moment. So yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I mean, I was you know I was definitely yeah. down to do it. Um, I mean, listen, twenty years, right? Twenty twenty nine, man. <laughs> we'll do it. I'll, yeah, gosh, I'll be, dude, I'll be over fifty at that point. That'd be crazy. Well, I'm the old I'll guy be, in the band. I'll so. be right. <laughs> Wait, you can't be younger. Wait, how, how old will I be? I'll be almost 50. You'll be almost 50, yeah. Yeah, I was born in 82. So it'll be another, you know, eight years. Okay. Okay. I get really confused. Almost seven. With the age of some of the bands that I loved because at the time I was like, oh, they're in their 20s and I'm 17 or 16. Right. And it didn't feel like there was that distance. Uh, but then I like now... I'm like online and I'm like, I'm barely older. I'm barely yeah. younger than Matisse and I'm barely younger than Mike Carrera. Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I mean, I you're, you're one year younger than John Schneck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the thing that pisses me off though, and I'm just kidding. Cause I know I'm online. <laughs> I talked to him, but, uh, 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 Chris in MXPX now that he's younger than me. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> How dare you be younger than me and in MXPX? Oh man. I'm sure uh, Ryan Kepke from Slick Shoes is probably younger than you. Yeah, yeah, that's he's true. Still, he's still 18 years old. It's crazy. <laughs> I introduced Jessica to Slick Shoes as well. Yeah. And she really loved them. Awesome. Yeah. 
I just I, I just got the uh, um, the self titled on uh, vinyl not too long ago. They, oh, they nice. did they did like another reissue of it, and I was like, yeah, I should probably have that. That was a fun yeah. record. Yeah, I really wanted yeah. to get burnout on vinyl, but I was like, we have too much vinyl. <laughs> we have that's, too much. Th- that's there's no such thing, dude. I know. <laughs> How many pieces do you have? Let's talk about that. I don't know. Have we counted? We I don't think we've counted. counted. Dude, well, you got to get 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 all that crap uh, <laughs> cataloged on Discogs, man. I had started that at the beginning of COVID, and then I was like, I'd rather just sleep and eat. <laughs> you got a whole year to do this. I know. <laughs> I, re, I, re, I re-cataloged everything even before COVID happened, um, mm-hmm. just because I, I was on a tour with this band, Need to Breathe, and me and their keyboard player went out every day and bought vinyl. Like, mm-hmm. I bought, like, literally what you see right here. Okay. The bo- so the bottom left hand corner, no, no, I don't think anyone can see this, minus your patrons. But right. the bottom left hand corner is like everything I've I've played on. There's like Reliant K Records down there. And okay. Demon Hunter, whatnot. Um, everything else is just like whatever. So I had to buy this whole another IKEA thing just from that one tour. <laughs> and I, st- I mean, I'm still always buying records. Like it never yeah. stops. You know, my wife loves that. Um, <laughs> but uh, dude, the Discogs, Discogs thing is great. It's just it's so nice to have it all in one spot. It you know you can see how many you have, what the low, medium, and high value of your whole collection is. Right. Um, and it's nice if you have a lot of stuff if you're traveling or going to a record store, and it's like, wait a second, do I have this? And you can right. check the app real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you can just check the whatever record the you're looking at, check it, the price, <laughs> in case you yeah. know, in case they're trying to get too much for it or something. But right. I, I feel bad when often, I do but... that, but I do use, but I don't feel bad using Discogs in a store if I'm double checking what edition it is, because you oh, can yeah, scan sure. the barcode, and I'm like, wait, is this a reprint or is it what yeah. is this? Yeah. And now, nowadays, I mean, I've been collecting vinyl for so long now. It's like anything that I may still want if I see it in a store, I, I probably know what it's worth at this point, you know? Right. Because I've just I've got a, I, I add stuff to my want list in Discogs and stuff like that, so. Um, but yeah, man, you got to get on it, dude. It's like, I mean, I'm at like 800 and something pieces, I think. It's like. Okay, I don't think we're there. Maybe we got like 300, 400, something it's like that. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see where I'm at. I'll tell you right now. 865. But is that, that a, is that a that 12, also, sorry, is that, that? The, is that the new the newer Mini? Uh, no, that's just because my hands are giant. This is the Oh, okay. One. Okay, because mine's the same. <laughs> it literally looks like the mini in my hand because my hands are huge. Okay. I shouldn't have shown because my now I'm going to have to edit that <laughs> moment of the video because my ID was in the back, but I have the same color iPhone. So I was is just that the like, 12 or 13? This is the 12. 12, yeah. Nice. I got the yeah. 12 still as well. I just thought there was this one moment where I'm like, Ethan, Luck, and I have the exact same iPhone, but it's not true. <laughs> it's pretty close. So yours is the mini? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I didn't I want mean, to commit to a big phone, dude. I even have my old. I went from a seven to a twelve. And I still have it sitting here collecting dust, and this <laughs> feels tiny to me now. Right. It's literally covered cake and dust. Can you see that? She's always had the biggest phone, yeah. and when I have to use it, I'm like, "This is nice," but then it would have to be in my pocket. <laughs> see, I want a small iPad as a phone. I'm cool with that. <clears throat> no problem. Uh, trying to think if the, oh. Here's Jessica's favorite question that I wrote down. Oh, yeah. Are you excited? Okay. I yep. finally get to ask it. Yes. Is this like is this like the conclusion question? I guess so. We could yeah. make this the conclusion question. Okay. So I so there are a couple of tour videos. I can't remember what year it was. I'm pretty sure after Forget Not Slow Down, where you and Hoops are always wearing both wearing scally caps or similar. 
right? Wait, what cap? Like beanie? The, the, like the like the the golfer kind of caps. Like this, oh, like, I call like, I call them scally caps. Like you're wearing right now. Yeah. 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 I, I I've always called them uh, like newsy newsy hats. Oh, uh, okay. I always there's a bunch them, of names for them. Yeah, I call them scally caps, and I don't know uh, that is a word for them. I did Google it once recently okay. to double check that I'm not just making that up, and that's like one of the words for them. Anyway. You both were wearing uh, golfer hats or newsy hats on most yeah. of uh, one of those tours. So, did you ever mix up your hats, or did you purposely share no, them? I guarantee, if I, if I put on one of Hoops' hats, it would it would it would be tiny on me. I wouldn't build it. Okay. <laughs> See, good answer. He's got yeah. kind of a big head, but I, I, there's no way that I mean. And if he put one of mine on, it would just fall over his eyes, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I said, no, I, 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 well, also, I think I think we. I don't remember what brand he used to buy, but all the hats I usually wear are, if it's on a baseball hat, it's usually a, a company called Brixton. Okay. Um, like this is a Brixton hat, you know. Um, I've got one hanging on the wall back there. It's a Brixton hat, you know. Okay. Yeah, we never got them mixed up. I usually always kept them in my in my bunk on the bus, so. Okay. But, I uh, said this once as a joke on the podcast, and for some reason, among all the incredibly stupid things I've ever said on <laughs> the podcast, this one really annoyed her. I'm like, do you think Hoops and Ethan ever mixed up their their newsy hats? And she's like, that. She got so upset it's at like, me. No. And then I'm I like, don't. I'm gonna ask <laughs> Ethan don't this ask on the podcast. Honestly, don't ask and that this question. week, she was so upset thinking that I would actually ask you this, but it went very well. He had a real answer. They have different shaped answer. heads. <laughs> I could have. Yeah. I could have said, "How dare you ask that question? <laughs> what a terrible way to end this interview." Well, uh, thanks so much. I'm just. I, yeah, thank I, you. Yeah, I want to make sure I didn't miss any of our uh, one listeners' questions. Sure. Actually, you answered this one. Will you take turns on the drums? It sounds like no. So yeah. So I think we got everything. So thanks so much. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me yeah, on. Sorry, it great. took a little while to connect. Um, it yeah, worked out just, though because then we knew you were in the band. Yeah. I know, right? Well, yeah, I think the episode would have been a lot shorter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have started with all that talk about being back in the band. I know, right? We would have focused on the subject of the episode, which is no reaction. Which who wants that? I have no problem with tangents in podcasts. Like oh, I actually, no, no, no. yeah. The all. thing I get real, the thing I actually get annoyed with now is I listen to and I, I'll check out any song by song podcast now since we're part of that mm-hmm. genre even if it's an artist i only kind of know just to see what other people are doing and so many not so many a, a couple of them are like oh we're getting off topic let's get back on topic i'm like no <laughs> stay on topic <laughs> i mean on my podcast we have a, a series we do we've only done five of them we just put out our fifth one um just a few, oh, shoot, just a few days ago um where we, we it's called tangent city right and it's me and my co-host Clint, and then we our, our other friend Paul Moak, who uh, recorded some of uh, Collapsible Lung. Um, and we just we just kind of have a couple subjects in the back of our minds, and we just start talking. It's it we you know like we may not even talk about Metallica, you know, but that's yeah that's the whole point is like oh this one's called Tangent City. We're just gonna talk like the last episode like for like a good forty five minutes all we did was talk about the Beatles because the okay. get get back documentary and stuff like that we've all watched and so. Tangents are fun, man. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. And I think it helps the listeners kind of learn more about you and gets them more invested. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I guess I, I, I'm so not used to talking to to uh, having people on the podcast. That reminds me, is there anything else you want to like mention that people should check out of yours? Oh, you have your, your two, well, you have your most recent solo album, Jessica Loves That One. I was a Kickstarter contributor for your, uh, for Let It Burn. Oh, cool. I love Thank that you. Album. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Thanks. 
I kind of um, missed the new one when the Kickstarter happened. Oh, it's all good, man. Yeah. You can. I'll send you a copy when it's I get the vinyl. <laughs> I I, it, I literally I still have like two two to three more months before the vinyl's even done. Oh, okay. And I, and I ordered it like four months ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was hoping that. to have it delivered by October. That's Overall. what that's what I, I, I on Kickstarter. I was like, oh yeah, that's plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. Um, yeah, I mean, if 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 uh, anyone's interested in any of my solo music, I mean, I've I've been making solo music ever since 2013. I've done three EPs, a cover EP, two full length records, um, a couple other singles. So it's all in Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get music, it's there. Uh, my my favorite spot for people to get music is Bandcamp. You know, um, right? It's like it's like my own little record label in a way, mm-hmm. and I actually have more on there than I do on on most of the uh, streaming services. So oh, okay. you can go to ethanluck.bandcamp.com, and uh, yeah, I'm on all the socials. You know, it's just mm-hmm. my name, Ethan Luck. If, it's pretty easy to, <laughs> to find me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I guess that's about it. Yeah, and uh, and if you know if if uh, you're into like kind of country Americana kind of stuff, and you see a uh, any Morgan Wade tour dates coming near you, then uh, come on out and come to a show and say, hey, because I'll be playing guitar for her. Okay. Cool. Did you play L.A.? Did we miss that already? What's that? Did you play L.A.? We did, yeah. We, we played San, San Diego and L.A., yeah. Oh, uh, okay. We just missed that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we did uh, Solana, We did Solana Beach, and, uh, okay. we did, and then we did L.A. Okay. Next right. time, man. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, we'll be and it, and but hopefully we'll see you uh, next year on the in Boston or or yeah. uh, Orlando. I'll be Either there. Either or both. Yeah. Cool. I'll be there with a bass on and uh, <laughs> and minimal pedals and an amp and a DI. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. You no so problem. Much. Thanks.